attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101, KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. And uh, good morning to you. It is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. It is uh, Wednesday morning. It's 503-228-4101. If you'd like to uh, join us today, you can also email. It's rick at... RickEmerson.com, Rick at RickEmerson.com, Sarah with an H at KUFO.com, Kim, uh, Tim at KUFO.com, or uh, Greg Nibbler can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com, or you can text at 520-51, So it's now four minutes after five, which is still not what my watch says. I think my I think the battery in my watch has gone dead. Sarah just walked into the office. About five minutes ago, and she said, you know, we're on the air in like 30 seconds. And I looked down at my watch, said it was about 15 till 5. I was so. wondering, yeah, because you're usually in here before. I'm like, what yeah. is he doing? Oh, I, uh, all right, there we go. I have adjusted the time on my watch. All right, that's Is it actually going to work? Awesome. Or is it just going to say it's 5 o'clock all the time? I have no idea. Well, we'll see. Hey, what is, I mean, here's a question. You ever see those things where it says that there's a self-winding watch? Like, you'll see that in the store oh, like occasionally. Oh, I see. I don't think that you shake it. Isn't there some watch that it operates off just like I don't know, like off your off 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 magic? It winds while you're sleeping. How does it do that? No, I just are made you that making up. that up? Isn't there some watch that it winds itself based on the motion of your arms as you walk around during the day? Or am I making that up? I know I have, I have a friend with a fancy watch who shakes it to um, sort of like uh, sort of like you are uh, shaking up a can of Ready Whip. Yes, or a baby. How? I mean, ready with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Come on. Shake it like a baby, sister. Um, the, but is that a thing you have to do every day? Does she have to just set aside 90 seconds so. a day and just, like, shake her hand back and yeah, forth? Yeah, yeah. It's a guy friend of mine. And he would, like, yeah, he'd shake his wrist. But also, I think it does, uh, you know, fix itself while he's walking or whatever. That's a total guy thing, by the way. The idea that it. you would buy a watch where you have to spend, I mean, I guess you could insert whatever crude observation you would like uh, right now about said watch and the activity one must engage in to uh, to wind it every day. But that is a total guy thing to, to, to buy a watch that you have to set aside moments out of your life every morning to be shaking your hand back and forth as opposed to just buying a battery once every six months. All right. Well, in any event. Uh, coming up later on the day, we have uh, CNN Radio correspondents uh, Steve Kastenbaum and Amanda Moyer who will be joining us to talk about Swine flu and uh, the cash uh, clunkers program, respectively. Hey, the swine flu thing, we have more sound from uh, Sesame Street. I found uh, additional audio cuts. Somebody pointed out yesterday that they really ought to be having Miss Piggy talk about the swine flu epidemic. But yes. upon further reflection, that might serve to make children terrified of certain Muppets, which, you know, seems 
So perhaps they have thought that all the way through. Uh, we'll be talking to uh, Steve Kastenbaum about that later on today. We'll also have a pair of tickets to see Blink-182 coming up at some point before the end of the show. A pair of passes to Halloween 2 and a copy of Rescue Me Season 5, Volume 1 on uh, DVD. Also, Oregonian uh, music editor Ryan White will be here later on today, and we'll have the top five as well. Uh, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello, how are you today? Good morning. Uh, I'm good. I woke up this morning, and I felt like it was like Monday all over again. I was kind of delirious. You know when you wake up and you can't remember what day it is? Especially right. Especially when we wake up as early as we do. You wake up and you're kind of staring at the clock trying to figure out what time it is and if it's a.m. or p.m. and what what day it might be and whether you actually have to get up. No, and I was having these crazy dreams, too, so I was so grateful to wake up where I was like in uh, Final Destination. I don't know. It was so scary where I was trying not to die because like I had you know, escaped death. and So there were like, all these like, obstacle courses I was going through. And it was really awful. It was one of those things where I realized I was dreaming and I was trying to wake myself up and it wasn't happening. You got a whole thing for Final Destination, which is a fine film and all. but I, that, I don't know. Yeah, especially just like these past couple weeks. I would say that more than anybody I've met, you that I movie seemed, it quite a bit. It seems to have had a disproportionate uh, effect on you. It scared me. Did you have some sort of near-death incident when you were younger that you've never told us about? Because that movie no, seems to I'm, resonate with you. I'm super terrified of flying, and I've had a few like bad experiences flying. Like when I was uh, flying Aer Lingus from Ireland uh, to London, like when our plane landed, it like hit the ground so hard that all the overhead compartments felt like flew open. And everyone's cap was flying. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've just had bad experiences flying. So Final Destination, and plus I love John Denver, and there's like the whole thing like where he hears the song and then he sees the plane. Oh, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. Did the oxygen mask fall out of the ceiling when you hit the ground like that? No, they didn't. But um, but. All the overhead bins did, and like there were just bags flying everywhere, and I got hit in the leg by a bag, and it was just terrifying. Have you noticed? Have you been on a plane recently where, as it's getting ready to whatever taxi or whatever the thing you're getting ready to take off, where there's this sound that runs through the floorboards, you know, through through the down where your feet where your feet are, that it's like they are cranking the plane's um, metal shell tighter and tighter, but where it's kind of making a. Yes, sound. you can feel it. I, it. I've never heard that before. The last three times I've flown, that's happened. Where it's almost like they are cinching something up underneath the plane, and the metal is making this sort of quasi-buckling noise. It's a brand new uh, phenomenon. I've never noticed it before, but the last couple of times that I've flown, it's been there. So I don't know whether it's some... I'm flying a different kind of plane recently or whatever, but it just, it's, it's very unnerving. All right. Well, that's let's not scary. think about it anymore. All right. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland. 5-11 now. Highest today will be in the upper 70s. A three-year-old boy found wandering the mean streets of Vancouver has been reunited with his mother. It turns out to be a case of miscommunication. The child and his mother were visiting a friend when the youngster fell asleep. The mom said, well, I don't want to wake him up. Can he stay overnight? The friend said, yes. So they all agreed. Well, the uh, boy woke up and decided to try to go home by himself. So he was found wandering around. Two men have been charged with vandalizing the Seventh-day Adventist church on Barber Boulevard. They broke several windows. A vandal on a bicycle has left a trail of graffiti stretching for 20 blocks on the east side, and he's been caught on video. The cops think he may be responsible for tagging as far as Vancouver. Well, the big Chris Brown interview with Larry King is coming up, and we have a clip here in which Chris claims he is ashamed and really regrets beating up Rihanna. When you look at this, do you feel like you're looking at someone else? Yeah, from the outside looking in. Um, when you see on TV, when they're saying this, when they're saying look, that. You punched her a number of times. Yeah. You threatened to beat the blank out of her. 
when you got home, also said you warned you were going to kill her. Um, you bit on the ear and thing, and I hear all that. Yeah. Obviously, this is always the disparagement here. You have a lawyer for you. You don't appear like a violent person at all. No. In fact, you appear rather calm, rather nice. So what happened to you, do you think? Well, um, Larry, I just say, I guess that night is just one of those nights I wish I could just take back, and, and, and I really regret and I feel totally ashamed of what I did. Chris Brown's voice sounds like he's scraping a wall. And they have him dressed in a baby blue sweater with a matching bow tie. <laughs> oh, really? To his image. <laughs> Getting his Carlton on. <laughs> awesome. The, oh, my God. He looks ridiculous. I heard some he audio. He looks very harmless in colors like that. <laughs> I heard, like a little baby. I was watching <laughs> some. Uh, beat you up. <laughs> I was watching some of the some of the clips from that uh, uh, this morning because I only got to see sort of bits and pieces of it. But. It was just, you could tell, first of all, it was it was the classic case of Larry King having no idea who he was talking to. No, it's a, it's the same stack of cards he gets for yeah. everybody. And my interns have prepared some notes for me so that I may feign a familiarity with your oeuvre, Chris Brown. Then you get the feeling, too, as you were watching that, that Larry King, as as he was sort of interviewing him, that every time... Larry King kind of has this, two modes. Is this like James Brown? He, he has asking the question, and then once he's done with the question, he just kind of goes, mm, and he lapses back into screensaver mode, and then he waits. You're talking about shaking. It's like shaking the mouse in your computer to get it to, get it to come back. That's what happens to Larry King, and as, as the question wraps up, he, you know, he sort of lurches back to life like that. Like that fortune-telling thing in the movie Big, which is sort of like, thank you so much, Chris Brown. Zoltar. Is, is a limo to take me and the kids to the Dodger game outside yet? <laughs> Let me talk to you about Welch's grape juice. Uh, by the way, somebody can tell us what the sound on the airplane is. This is uh, Matthew. Hello, Matthew. How are you today? I'm oh, good, sir. Thank you. Uh, so the, the, what, the last couple of times I've flown, in fact, when I went to New York and then when I flew back, um, I was on, I guess, JetBlue. Not that, I don't know if that makes any, any difference or not. But as I'm on the runway... It's like they're cranking some huge piece of metal into place underneath the plane, and it's making this right. vibrating sort of buckling noise. What is that? Right, right. Well, just being a mechanic, and it depends on where you sit on the plane, of course. There's lots of strange sounds that cause alarm, but what it possibly could have been, depending on the plane, is there's a, the cargo area, of course, where they, they throw the luggage and they you know, all the pets and everything, the doors, once they roll those doors shut, of course, there's some pressurization there where they seal back the door, there might be some rattling around of the, the actual cargo units and moving back and forth. So it, it does sound loud and, and scary, but uh, most of the time they know what they're doing. They get it done. So when you say that they're closing the door, is it is this like a thing? How do those doors close, the underside of the plane? that's where the luggage is, right? So, I mean, that's not just like a regular door handle or something. Do they, do they bolt that shut or how do they, I mean, how does that stuff not just uh, fall open while you're up in the air? Right. It's most of the doors on an airplane uh, push from the inside out, so they could roll on a certain uh, a little track, depending on how long the door is, how wide. Just kind of rolls from the inside out and then compresses outward, allow for sealing of the airplane. And this is the thing when you say they open from the inside out. This is the thing that keeps me from just opening one of those doors while we're at thirty thousand feet, right? Because it's the oh, air pressure is such that I couldn't do it. Yeah, it kind of just another mechanical backup, or the pressure pushes the door against the seal, basically. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. No problem, you guys. Have a good day. That's uh, Matthew. The thing about that noise is it actually rattles the 
plane, too. You can feel it vibrating the entire plane as they're sort of closing the door. Which That's unnerving. Here's something to make you feel better. Federal officials are giving Southwest Airlines until December 24th to replace unapproved parts on 50 airplanes. <laughs> The parts do not prevent safe operation of the plane, says the FAA. As they're mandating the replacement. Uh, Boeing, which manufactured the jet, has the same conclusion. Imagine that. They'll let Southwest Airlines fly the planes as long as they're inspected every seven days. Wow. I hate to be flying on the sixth day. Uh, can I just tell you this, actually? So what, today is uh, Wednesday? It was just last, it was less than 12 hours ago that my wife told me she just booked a uh, booked a flight on Southwest. But fortunately, just for her, I won't be on that flight. So Is she leaving you alone again? Yes, she is, Tim. So, well, that's too bad. Well, when you say it's too bad, it's it, it, she's going to Provo, so it's all a relative. Uh, it's all a relative statement. I went at the last. Uh, I went last December, which means that I'm taking care of until this December. I have done, and I don't think I've gone. Have I gone to Utah again this year? I think it was just so. Christmas time. So that means that I'm all set until you know I get to do the the one Christmas trip to visit uh, my wife's parents every year, and then I'm you know I'm taken care of. So anyway. Uh, straight ahead, we have more from Tim Riley coming up later on. Senior Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Amanda Moyer joining us from CNN as well. Ra- uh, Ryan White, Oregonian music editor. And we will have the top five coming up later on as well. It's 503-228-4101, The Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland. Stay there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Clearly my watch has just stopped. It's just no longer working. I think you need to let it go. Okay, but I can't take it off. I can't not have my watch on. Because the watch... sort of. I'm getting my exercise running up and down the hallways trying to find you. Watches are one of those things, though, that you, that you sort of... You know, you require... You require it on your wrist if you're used to it. Because otherwise, if you don't have it, you're going to feel even more disconcerted. So now I'm going to have to do this uh, the weird multitasking thing of wearing the watch today, but knowing that I can't look at it or rely on it in any way or depend on it to actually have the correct time. So not only was it running 10 minutes or however long behind this whole morning, so you came and got me at 5 o'clock when I thought I still had 10 or 15 minutes. Just now, we, we go to the song, we go to commercial. You have to come and find me in my office because, no, 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 I got another 10 or 15 minutes before we have to be back. Do you want an orange dot to put on it to remind you? Yes. Yes, I do, I Tim. Do have some spare dots here. Thank you. I appreciate that. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Here are the dots. Put one on there. But I need them back. The dots. All right, awesome. Dots are hard to find, and I went on a scavenger hunt and found them yesterday. Putting a yellow sticky dot on my watch. That's orange. That is orange. Is it? Um, I think we're in for some real problems today. I can just... There you go. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. All righty, let's get going here. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 526 now. Expect times today in the upper 70s. What people will do sometimes, somebody has stolen... A 9-11 memorial plaque from St. Helens McCormick Pier. And the townspeople think it may be sold for scrap metal. It's made of bronze, and it's worth about $1,500. A Seattle coffee shop says no thanks to Toby McGuire and his film crew. 
The owner of the Cafe Zingario doesn't want his eatery used in the film entitled The Details, now shooting in the Emerald City, and has asked them to go elsewhere. Martin Morgan is a controversial figure running for the Kirtland, Washington City Council. He owes the city $20,000, is on probation for assault. His neighbors hate him because he hoards garbage in his front yard, including 11 junk cars and broken appliances. Morgan promises no new taxes if elected. What do you mean he hoards garbage? He hoards garbage. I don't think garbage is a thing you hoard. Razor blades are a thing you hoard. Soap well, is a thing you hoard. Garbage is a thing you just keep. Perhaps that's the opinion of his neighbors. I, nobody I, I haven't seen the front yard myself, so I, I can't attest to that. I remember back in 31 with the great garbage shortage that affected the Midwest. I will not be caught unawares in that fashion again. Thank you. You know, oh, I, I thought something just started as a pop-up when I heard that. <laughs> no. Oh, no, to restart to panic. <laughs> can't you already sense it's going to be one of those days, though? My watch is, uh, has screwed me twice this morning. I can't tell the difference between yellow and orange. And there's a guy hoarding garbage somewhere. It's, uh, I can just sense it's that amazing. it's... amazing. There's a screw loose in the switch next to me. Who did that? Oh, you call on a switch. Um... Wow, okay, so Tim just noted <laughs> that, that there's weird. a... Somebody there, tried to steal a microphone switch, though? There's a little... Well, there's, you know, all the 911 plaques have been stolen. Oh, there's a true. There's a microphone panel that is mounted into the countertop here in the studio, and Tim just noted that one of the screws has been pulled out of it, and it was like someone was trying to remove it from the counter this morning. Jesus Maybe God somebody's trying to tell us something. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Or we're told, told there's a new building coming someday. I should say, uh, incidentally, that uh, somebody sent me an uh, email. I asked what the top five was going to be today. So coming up at 7 o'clock, we'll talk to Oregonian music editor Ryan White. He will be here at 7.20. We'll do today's top five. We're going to have the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. And you may be asking yourself, why March 3rd, 1991? Um, I don't think we... we I don't think we'll announce that quite yet. Okay. Probably later on in this hour, we'll reveal why that is. We've booked someone for tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be interviewing, I mean, in the in the grand sort of gallery of your mind, where you picture people that you might at one point in, in your existence be speaking with, people that you might interview for for one reason or another. There's a lot of, there's a lot of folks that you can sort of anticipate. You know, like, is even a musical artist, especially, you think, well, maybe they'll put out a record at some point, or they're touring, I might get a chance to talk to them, or they might be coming through town. And then there's people that you never really anticipate speaking with. And uh, we have one such person booked for tomorrow's show, and we'll talk about that here in just a bit. Also tomorrow, uh, and in addition to everything else, tomorrow, Harry Shearer uh, will be on the show as well. That is the uh, interview that was originally going to be last Friday. That'll be tomorrow. But there's somebody else entirely that's been booked, and we'll talk about that here in just a bit. At the news desk, it's uh, Tim Riley. Stan Lee, the man who helped birth Spider-Man and Iron Man and Thor and X-Man and so many other Marvel characters, Thousand says he's very happy and flattered to hear that Disney is buying Marvel Entertainment for $4 billion. He is now chairman of Marvel, apparently not really, and head of POW Entertainment. He tells the Washington Post, it's perfect. So uh, it's great to be associated with Disney. It is his dream of a lifetime. Yeah. Could that be correct? No. No, that's... Uh, Stan Lee is sort of the Larry King of uh, of the comic book world. And he's one of those guys who, you know, was a real tra- trailblazer and, you know, and a groundbreaker and did a lot of stuff. But at this point, just sort of shows up to become the figurehead and has the same stock eight or nine phrases that he repeats all the time. Followed by Excelsior, true believers. And that's it. Uh, Pitbull in North Carolina is in desperate need of some sturdy chew toys. Police say a Pitbull deflated all four tires of a deputy's cruiser as the officer was answering a call about another dog. 
Uh, uh, Hope Mills resident Gloria Bass called police to say a dog was chasing her daughter while she rode her bike. The officer arrived and parked in Bass's driveway. When inside the house, Bass's own pit bull took a bite out of all the tires, flattening all four of them. The price for the new tires? Just over $500. And the lady will be billed for the cost. From Alabama comes word, actually this is Florida. It ended up on the Alabama summary for some reason. A Crestville, Florida policeman only had to look under the bed of a local Super 8 to find an Alabama man who allegedly skipped out on a $188 bill at Hooters. The 23-year-old unidentified suspect told his server where he was staying, so when he left without paying, the police called the Super 8. When the front desk opened the door to room 145, officers found the man lying under his trundle bed. Under his trundle bed. Is a trundle bed the kind that goes up into the door? What is a trundle bed? No, that's a Murphy bed. No, a trundle bed is the one that fits underneath. Right. The no, no, that's a Murphy up. bed. A Murphy bed is the kind that goes under the bed. No, no, that's no, the one that pulls out. A Murphy bed that falls into the wall. No, a Murphy bed's the wall. I've had you a trundle have your bed my mixed up. Wait, so a trundle bed then is where? It pushes underneath the bed. It's like you pull it out and it pops up. Mm-hmm. So a Murphy bed is the kind that folds up and vanishes and looks like a wall panel. Uh-huh. You okay. open the, you slide off the wall panel and you pull down the bed. Wait, so he was hiding in his trundle bed in the Super 8? Yes. So why, I mean, was there somebody else there with him? It doesn't specify. Do all Super 8 motels come with a secondary bed underneath the primary one? You can get a trundle bed at any hotel, really. It sounds like he was alone in the hotel, and yet he was asking for a second. Maybe the, maybe the second bed was for that special lady at Hooters that he was apparently trying. Why would you be telling the woman at Hooters that you're, I'm uh, I'm, I'm staying at that Super Super 8 well, down the road? he's trying to impress her. By the way, I this don't. This is Alabama. By the way, I don't have the money to uh, to pay for these wings or this chili, but uh, if you'd like to come back to the room with me and use my secondary bed, I would find that most pleasing on this Wednesday. All right, that's uh, that's awesome. I was going to make another Alabama man reference here, but the last time I did that, nobody knew what I was talking about. We still don't. Like a 1% I, I'm joke. So I'm trying to find the uh, the audio that goes with that to just sort of give context to it. It's a Trey Parker skit uh, from a South Park episode a couple years back. It was like this. It was this weird live action commercial that the South Park guys shot that they just inserted into the middle of one of their one of their episodes a couple years ago, where like the South Park the episode goes. They go to the you know they go to the stop set. You're watching uh, South Park. They go to the commercial break. And what looks like a real commercial starts because it's got live action kids uh, playing with dolls. And then you realize it's actually a fake commercial made by the South Park guys. And it's for a, it's for a sort of Ken doll kind of toy called Alabama Man who comes, <laughs> Alabama comes Man. clutching a can of beer and his wife has a big black eye. And the jingle is Trey Parker going, Alabama Man, which is a thing that... I, like, I'm the only person in the country who remembers seeing it, so I'll make that reference every now and again, and people just sort of look as look you blankly. as you are doing now. Just look at me and blink. All right, let's do uh, one more here, and then we'll get uh, caught up. Well, Michael Jackson's death certificate has been amended. It now lists his fatal injury as intravenous injection by another. Creepy. The document was updated to reflect the L.A. County Coroner's report that ruled Jackson's death is a homicide. <gasps> Somebody ought to sell like a Michael Jackson, like speaking of Ken dolls and Alabama man, somebody ought to sell a Michael Jackson doll that then comes with a series of hideous uh, accessories. You know what I mean? Like it could have like the detachable nose and then, uh, it, you know, you remember that was with that hyper color clothing in the 80s that uh, that changed color? You could have uh, you could have the Michael Jackson doll where it's somehow like, uh, you know, you could make it go paler or less pale. It could come with the it could come with like an IV stand. That's a thing that would sell. That would. That's a thing that would. Uh, that would sell to uh, to deviant and warped people such as ourselves. 
You know it's true. If you say so. I'm just I'm just making the I'm making the case that America loves nothing more than tasteless gigaws. That death certificate is creepy, by the way, where they actually TMZ had a whole thing about it where it says cause of death it says manner of death homicide, which just means that you didn't kill yourself and it wasn't natural causes. And then it says cause of death injection by another. And the weird thing is, then if you tie that into the fact that what's-his-name, Conrad Murray himself, copped to the doctors that night and said that he injected Jackson, like, you know, right before he died. I mean, it's sort of amazing they just haven't thrown that guy in the clink by now, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have to wonder what they could possibly be waiting for. I mean, then his mo- Jackson's mother is fighting over who's going to pay for his burial. So yeah. they're going to just sit around and... Well, he can't rot. He's frozen. Well, you know, he's being buried in a gold casket, which they will then cover with concrete. Oh, uh, so, yeah. No grave thieves. No, there was a whole thing about it last night where the casket is made out, it's not made out of gold, but it is gold plated. Mm-hmm. So it's Michael Jackson inside, first of all. And then, you know, which gives it a certain amount of, I suppose, attraction to, to, to some kind of weird body thief. Because I guess that happened to Elvis when they first buried him. They had to go back and they had to put a layer of cement over Elvis's grave because people kept trying to, trying to come dig him up. Uh, sort of Graham Parsons oh, style. I'm, I'm just thinking of some Raiders of the Lost Ark scenario. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. It's beautiful. Um, and, uh, I, and it does make you wonder, like, when the, when those guys went to dig up Elvis's body, like, in when did Elvis die? Like, 74, 75, or was it later? It may have been later. I think it was later on. Nobody paid any attention to Elvis until he died. No, no. Well, it was because I mean, his career had been over for like a couple of decades. People, I think, kind of seventy-seven. Greg says, yeah. People kind of forget that Elvis had was sort of down and out and had kind of been written off as a, as a has been. Well, he was a has been in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, but it makes you wonder, like people who are coming to steal Elvis's body, like what was their plan? Like after that, like what was the step B after <laughs> dig up Elvis's body? Like what what are you what are you going to do with that? Cuddle. Is that going to be <laughs> lovingly stroke its hair? Uh, all right. Use it as some sort of a puppet and speak to yourself in your mother's voice. All right. Straight ahead, we'll have uh, more from Tim Riley coming up at 6 o'clock. Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio uh, will talk to us about the Cash for Clunkers program. So, uh, Steve Kastaman will talk to us about the swine flu and uh, the effort by the Muppets to educate your children about how to avoid it. 7 o'clock, Oregonian music editor Ryan White. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's already the best day ever. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at 6 o'clock, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum joining us from New York City at 620. 7 o'clock, Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian. And uh, coming up today at 720, we'll have today's top five. Top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. So I was actually uh, just sort of double-checking the top five in the office. I was uh, going over the audio, making sure that it was working. Somebody... Uh, it, they emailed earlier and they asked why, you know, what the top five was going to be. And I, I think said we should have people guess why. I see. But I I don't know that anybody would ever. I don't know that if we said that, you know, the audience, you know, guess why we're doing the top five for March 3rd, 1991. I don't know. First of all, I don't know that I would ever get it. And I've got a pretty good sense for, for for how the show operates most of the time. And I don't think it would ever occur to me. I actually quizzed Laura. I had her do sort of a, a 20 questions last night. I said, who do you think we're going to be interviewing on Thursday? And she said, Harry Shearer. I said, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we are interviewing Harry Shearer. In addition to that, 
who do you suppose we might be interviewing, uh, you know, apart from Harry Shearer? And she and she did the whole thing of, you know, male or female, old or young, singer you know, whatever. And she could never figure out who it was. I'll just say that tomorrow we're going to be interviewing a prominent newsmaker from the early 90s. Someone who... Someone who's made history. Someone who's made history. <laughs> someone whose uh, face and name, uh, whose image, certainly, uh, is familiar to all of us. Anybody who was alive, and frankly, even if you weren't alive in 1991, it's uh, it's someone uh, to whom you have been exposed many, 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 many times. Garth Brooks. Yes. No. It's not Garth Brooks. No. In fact, it's like as far away from Garth Brooks as you could possibly imagine. It's like the polar opposite. It really couldn't be more not Garth Brooks. At the news desk, ladies and gentlemen, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center at downtown Portland. 549. Expect today's highs in the upper 70s. One downtown Portland hotel will close for four weeks. The Hilton, the original one on 6th Avenue, normally closes down a floor or two during slow times, but this time they're shutting down entirely for a week in November, December, and two weeks in January. Is this because of the, this is not for like renovation or something, it's just that they, no. can't, they can't book any rooms? Correct. Jesus. They have a newer Hilton across the street. Do you get the feeling open. when they talk about the, the, uh, the economic recovery happening or the recession sort of coming to an end that they're just they're making that up they're kind of saying it wishing that it was so yes because people are getting mad because we keep saying it's bad i was looking at so we have to tell them something else even though it's not the truth (laughs) we have to lie i was uh, not the bust on cnn but i was watching ali velshi again the other night and he was doing this thing for uh, we've talked about how you should never trust percentages because whenever somebody uses a percentages when they talk about increase that just means that the actual number by which something is increased is just minuscule you'll hear radio stations do this a lot and they'll say our listeners our, our audience has increased by 7,000%. And that just means it's gone from like one guy to like 15 people or whatever. Um, so when somebody uses percentages to describe the amount of growth in something, you know that they are covering up the sad, sad, depressing reality. So there's Ali Velshi on television. And Anderson Cooper throws him some question. About, and um, uh, Ali Velshi says that uh, the economy may actually be improving. Is, is that true, Alshi? Uh, Ali? And so they show Ali Velshi and he's standing there in front of that blue screen. And he's got this gigantic green arrow that's pointing straight up. And he's talking about home sales, which he's trying to sort of position as being on the upswing. And it turns out that they're up by something like, you know, 0.02%, you know, which is, I guess, up is up. But the arrow he's standing in front of is like three feet high and this bright, happy color of green. And you can tell that he's just desperately trying to you know, like put a good face on the news somehow. So it is with the uh, Oregonian this morning, which actually, I think the lead story in the front of today's Oregonian, say, it starts with something like, with the, uh, with the recession uh, you know, softening or with the, uh, with the economy rebounding. And you read that, and for just a moment, you're kind of hoping that it's true, and then you, you realize it really isn't. When Laura and I went to Seattle for the Green Day show, which would have been the, the weekend of the 4th of July, you know, we were looking, I think it was Expedia or something is what we used to find the hotel. And, you know, you can search by price and you can search by date or you can search by ranking. And so we actually started searching by ranking and price. In other words, we put in four-star hotel, 
$100 or below. And we didn't actually get any results, but we put in three-star hotel, $100 and below, and we got I mean, like five pages of stuff. And we ended up staying in a three-star hotel right near where we went, right near the uh, the Seattle Center for, I think, $74 a night. And it's actually one of the nicest rooms I have ever stayed in. And it was, I mean, relatively speaking, it was just dirt cheap. Yeah, I stayed at the Sheridan really cheap. And that's a four-star hotel downtown, walk distance to everything. And you just, and you, I mean, I we asked the guy at the front desk, we're like, what, what is up with that? And he's like, we can't give these rooms away. It's uh, it's, it's a miracle I still have a job. Would you like turn down service in the morning? I mean, it's, uh, there's a whole lot of weird still going on out there. Here's uh, Tim Riley. So tucked away in the, the dark corner of the newspaper, I found this little story. Noting that the Northwest's only remaining nuclear power plant is up and running again after being shut down due to a fire. <laughs> I'm sure the public was in no danger yeah, at any time. The, the Columbia Generating Station automatically shut down during a fire August 5th. August 5th. Uh, the plant generates enough electricity for a million homes. Now, the Columbia, this isn't the Hanford plant. Though. No, this is a different one that I never heard of before. Who knew? But, I mean, where is that located relative to us? I don't know. I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm wondering is, is it safe to go outside and breathe? Oh, sure it is. Because they're always releasing plumes of radioactive iodine gas into the air from those things. So. Yes. All right. Well, I'm sure it was not a big deal. Uh, where are we at in the uh, grand scheme of things? Okay, we're going to do this. Coming up at the top of the hour, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer coming up later on. Steve Kastenbaum, top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. And we'll be giving away a pair of tickets for you to see Blink 182, September 9th. Be listening for that. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Wednesday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 620, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum at 7 o'clock. Oregonian Music Editor Ryan White. And at 720, uh, we'll do today's top five. Top five songs from March 3rd. 1991 for a uh, reason to be disclosed here in uh, in just a bit. Uh, also, a pair of tickets for you to see Blink-182 and a pair of tickets to Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. That's uh, all on the way today. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, our good friend uh, Amanda Moyer. Hello, Amanda. How are you on this fine Wednesday morning? Good morning. I'm well on this, fi- this fine Wednesday morning. How are you? I'm fantabulous. Let me ask you two things. One... Is it true that, because I heard something like this the other day, and I want to make sure that I'm not just sort of hallucinating. Have you noticed that we have this particular um, the particular kind of, um, it's sort of a circular economy in many ways in this country, and there's this peculiar thing that seems to be going on where all of these auto dealers who were, you know, they were taking in all of these cash for clunkers cars. In other words, if some guy had a car that got the, you know, four miles to the gallon or whatever, he would take it and he'd trade it in, he'd get like four grand off some new car. Are now car dealers or used car sellers, are they just taking those clunkers and then reselling them back to the public? No, they're not. Well, they're not supposed to be doing that. They actually have, there's a process that when they file the paperwork and and when the dealer gets the money from the government... Uh, for the for the rebate, they actually have to destroy the engine through a process before they can give it to the salvage yard. Do they have to so take it to one of those. Uh, they have to go to one of those uh, one of those awesome things that crushes it down to a cube that's you know that's like three by three inches. It does, and you know what? I went there a couple of weeks ago to a salvage yard to watch that being done when the clunkers were being brought in, and uh, it's. Well, they're getting a lot of them in, but what's interesting is since the engines are already destroyed, 
it's not a rosy picture for the salvage yards and the parts people and the used car dealers because that's their main inventory and it's being crushed. I hadn't really thought about that, actually. That that's, that that's the thing that you're just taking that, I mean, you're completely taking that out of commission, which means that it's a, it's a line of reselling that they no longer have access to. I had never really thought about that. And I mean, I guess you could say that the program is a success because they, you know, they went through all the money, I think, like three times faster than they thought they were going to. But it, it does seem like the problem with offering some huge, uh, you know, incentive like the cash for clunkers thing is it's like, what do you do next? Right. How do you get people to, to continue to come in after that? Because apparently things have just sort of gone back to uh, to being at a standstill. Exactly. And that momentum is going to be really hard to continue. Um, and. Yes, it, it, some are saying that it was a very successful program because it boosted sales for the month of August, but there's a lot of concern that the strong sales could be at the cost of future sales. We bought too many now. Um, people who are going to buy in September or October, they just bought in August because they got a good deal. So let me ask you, by the way, Sarah's mouthing the phrase, I hate the word clunker. I'm just me. so done with that word clunker. It's not, a, but it's not a word you hate in general. It's just because of this story. I think, yeah, just the story of her just like cash for clunkers, like so many thousands of times now. All right, so it's not. It is not one of those words because we have a whole series of words. It's kind of just a silly word linguistically too. that kind of bug us. Mm-hmm. All right. And, and speaking of what she just said, clunker. A lot of the cars that were turned in, they're not clunkers, and a lot of people don't realize that. But when I went to the salvage yard, they're 2000, 2001, 2002 vehicles. There's nothing wrong with them. They just didn't get as good of gas mileage as the cars that you could buy now. Why would something that you bought in 2002 not be getting seven? Because I think the cutoff point was like it had to get fewer than 17 miles to the gallon or something like that. Right. It, it, that, it definitely had to get better gas mileage, but I looked at a number of these cars and they were coming in 2000, 2001, and then when I talked to a used car dealer, he's like, that's my perfect inventory and it's now being crushed and I don't have anything to sell. So then he's saying used car dealers that I have, I mean, used cars that I have on my lot they were eight thousand dollars yesterday, and now they're ten thousand dollars. It is sort of perversely amusing. It's you know in some black comedy kind of way where you're just seeing a guy go, "I can't wait to resell all of these cars," and then you immediately cut to them going <laughs> and being smashed down into a small brick somewhere at a salvage yard. Thank God Almighty. All right. Well, on that note, uh, Amanda Moyer, have a fantastic Wednesday. We will talk to you at some point in the very near future. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Amanda Moyer, the CNN Radio Center. I hadn't really ever considered that either, that those guys make so much money from reselling the engines and, you know, and reselling those cars or, you know, or repurposing them or parting them out or something. And instead, we're just, yeah, see this car you could be reselling? Look at this. Yeah. And just crushing it down into, you know, something the size of, of a tin can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jesus, God almighty. Hello, Tim Riley. What headlines are we following for the people of Portland today? The Internet turns 40 years old today. Paula Abdul said she still speaks with Simon. There's an alligator on the loose in Clark County. And Hillary Clinton is investigating reports of deviant hazing at the Kabul Embassy. Wait, let's go back for a second. There's an alligator on the loose where? In Clark County. Oh, but not here. In Clark County, Washington. Well, but, not, but that's not here in Portland, Oregon. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, there. Neighbors to the north. So we have a large, uh, we have a large uh, river. We have a, a, a big moat effectively separating us from the alligator. Yes. All right. Because this is the next step in it the... It could uh, swim across. The, I suppose that is circumstances. Right. I suppose that is true. See, now I feel like uh, now I feel like we have to do some the, the big revelation of tomorrow's guest. And no one has uh, no one has been able to guess correctly who it is. We've got Monica Lewinsky, someone that are interviewing. I, I, they've gone right to Eminem for some reason. Somebody said, "Are you interviewing Geraldo Rivera?" Uh, this is, uh, are you interviewing Tanya Harding? Maybe we should play 20 questions with Ryan White when he gets in. Maybe we could do that, or we could actually have, uh, we could have a listener do it. Do it. Uh, we could actually, uh, don't call 
about that right now. Just uh, give it a few. But uh, I think maybe at some point this hour, we'll give you a chance to uh, speculate as to who tomorrow's guest will be tomorrow. It's not a mystery guest as such. I mean, I know who it is, but it's a mystery to, to y'all. So we uh, we might have you do that. Here I'm excited. This is going to be a pretty crazy one. Coming up at 620, CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. 7 o'clock, Ryan White, a music editor from the Oregonian. 720, top five songs from March 3rd. 1991, and before this hour is over, passes for you to see Halloween 2. You can stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, continuing next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. 7 o'clock, Oregonian music editor Ryan White uh, will be here. And at 720, today's top five, the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. For the end of the hour, your uh, chance at a pair of passes to see Halloween 2. The uh, Rob Zombie film and uh, Geek Watch on the way as well. Is this... Uh, is this Roy? I believe so. All right. So if you were listening last Friday, you heard us give away a pair of front row passes to see ACDC at the Tacoma Dome. That show was just a couple of days back. It was on Monday. And uh, let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Roy, who won those passes. Roy, hello. How are you, sir? Hey, how's it going, guys? I, uh, things are going very, very well. You uh, won the ACDC tickets on Friday. You said you'd never seen them uh, from the front row before. You'd seen them several times, but it was the first time being front row at a concert. So you go to the Tacoma Dome. Uh, how was the show? Oh man, it's awesome! And this is for the Black Ice album, which is uh, which is really fantastic, by the way. Right. And I mean, was it everything that, that you remember an ACDC show being? Was it uh, just everything you expected? Oh yes, sir. Yeah, they got it. You know, they still got it. What did they uh, What did they open with? Oh man, uh, Runaway Train. Ah, excellent. And then did they do the thing at the end where the huge cannons come out of the stage and they did for those about to rock and you could feel your rib cage sort of rattling as they were firing them off? Oh yeah, definitely. Other that's uh, part, you know, that's, that's uh, one of the main things I remembered from last time. What was the uh, any other? What were the other standout moments from the uh, from the show? Uh, just the energy, you know. Those guys are getting older, and yeah, they still got it. Well, I think yeah. what's his name? I think Brian Johnson, the singers. I mean, he's got to be almost. He's got to be almost sixty by now. I mean, he must be. I think sixty-two. Because yeah, he'd been kicking around in bands for a while. He was in this band called Giordi uh, for a while before he joined ACDC, and he recorded. I mean, it's hard to imagine Highway to uh, not Highway to Hell. Back in Black is almost thirty years old. I mean, that's a, that record is twenty-nine years old, which is just astounding. Right. Uh, well, I can't believe you got to see ACDC front row. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I, and they were the best. I, they were the best tickets I could possibly possibly could have had. I mean, really, I mean, really you would have to be like sitting on the drum riser to, to have better seats than that. And so we're we're glad that they went to somebody who is a real fan. Here's a dumb question: We were talking on Friday about how the closest I've been is like seventh row, and I think Sarah said she was front row at the Gorge at one point for uh, was it for Bob Dylan or something? Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Um, what was the difference? For you, having never been front row before, sitting right there. I mean, how you know the Tacoma Dome is a big place, but I mean, relatively speaking, how close is that? We were, yeah, we were as far in as you possibly could, and right next to the catwalk. I mean, you, uh, yeah, you could reach your hand up and touch the catwalk. Right really, there. and so, and then, so, like, was Zangus doing the thing where he kind of where he walks down, sort of into the crowd a little bit? Oh, he was all over the place. He actually didn't come out in the crowd, but uh, you know, all the way up the catwalk, and they had a nice little. Uh, Platform for him set up. Awesome. Uh, Excellent. Little, little confetti. It was cool. Who'd you go with? Uh, my brother, 
Uh, actually, both my brothers uh, and three buddies. Now, who? Now, you, both your brothers. Who did you uh, did decide was going to sit next to you? You had a pair of passes. Uh, I mean, how you know? Did the did you make them like punch it out to see who was going to get to sit next to you? No, actually, well, my my uh, oldest brother, he had already bought us some tickets, so uh, you know, basically, it was just a gift awesome. for me and my other brother. So. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, and we're glad that the tickets went to somebody who was a big fan. Congratulations uh, again, my friend. I'm uh, I'm green with envy, so uh, we're glad you uh, glad you enjoyed yourself. Yeah, thank you guys. All right, thank yeah, you. Call you. All right, there you go. That is uh, Roy, the winner of Friday's front row ACDC tickets. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN Radio correspondent and stylish man of the world, Steve Castabam. Hello, sir. How are you today? Pretty good. How you doing? I am fantabulous. All right, have you decompressed a little bit from? Uh, Yesterday was uh, yesterday was another gripping Steve Kastenbaum segment as it just became a seven minute monologue on why you should never bring your children on an airline, which by the way is a sentiment that we wholeheartedly agree with. I think you ended up yesterday saying that it was just one more reason there ought to be a kid free airline, or maybe that was Tim who said that. But I'm telling you right now, I know that's the thing we could never have in this country because of the various legalities, you know, at play and in the miles and miles of red tape and legal wrangling and gibberish and so forth. But that you sign me up right now. You sign me up for a whole child free class of things, you know, airline, restaurant, movie theater, doesn't matter. I'll pay in advance, I'll pay double. Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I, my wife is expecting, but I totally would fly in an airline that is a, a guaranteed kid-free flight. Well, yeah, but, well, and that's the thing is, and you, I mean, even getting ready to have a kid, um, it. I'll tell you this right now. The people who, just because you have kids, I mean, anybody, it doesn't mean, in fact, people who have kids probably would pay more to be in a kid-free zone every now and again because, you know, you spend 23 hours of your life, uh, you know, hearing somebody yowling in your ear all the time. So, yeah. not that it's not part of the miracle of life and all, but, uh, all right, let me, speaking of kids, so there's doing this thing in New York where they're talking about swine flu, and Tim had the most hilarious soundbite yesterday of Gordon and Elmo from Sesame Street Talking to each other, and presumably to children everywhere, about how to wash their hands and to avoid being infected with a swine flu. I thought that we'd sort of moved beyond swine flu as a country. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was very early uh, 2009. Oh, no, it's going to come back with a vengeance. Sort of like, uh, like, uh, you know, like parachute pants, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> well, hopefully not as bad. But uh, the, uh, the thing is... We're, this flu season, uh, you have your choice. We're going to get either uh, H1N1 or the regular flu. So there, there's going to be the regular seasonal flus going around plus H1N1. And some estimates say as many as 90,000 Americans could die from H1N1 this year. But they would suspect that most of those people would have other underlying illnesses. See, I'm glad you asked that or made that observation because I was going to have to ask the question, which sounds awful, which is, were most of those people going to die from something anyway? I don't know if they were going to die, but they would have something else that uh, would complicate their illness. So, so here in New York, here's what they're going to do. Now they're saying, you know, H1N1, we know a lot more about it. And the form that we're seeing here in the U.S. really is, uh, isn't as serious as it had been in parts of Mexico. So they're not going to close down any schools. By the way, it seems to be appearing uh, in, in larger uh, numbers of cases in younger populations, like in, in children and younger people, uh, rather, rather than older people. So uh, they're not going to clear out the schools if a couple of kids uh, suddenly uh, develop swine flu because they, they know it's going to happen. So they're just going to teach the kids good hygiene, about washing their hands, making uh, hand sanitizer available. And New York City, I don't know how they're going to do this. 
they're going to provide uh, vaccinations, H1N1 uh, shots and, and inhalers, to every single elementary school-age child and to many high school and junior high school-age kids as well. Look, I don't want to sound like another guy from the West Coast who's busting on your fine city, but it doesn't really seem like hygiene is job one in many, uh, in many, many parts of New York. There's just, there's just too many people. There's just, there's just no way you can keep that place clean. And really, and children are just... Children are just germ farms. I mean, they're yeah. just they're just covered in filth and schmutz all, all the time. There's just a, there's just no cleaning that. But I mean, you know, I guess I guess one has to try. I'm a, I agree with you 100. percent There's no way you're going to stop people from getting this uh, from transmitting this from uh, transmitting this from person to person. I'm a little disappointed though because you know, these public health officials were really ramping this up last year about how serious it is, and now they're telling us. Well, it's really just kind of uh, you're uncomfortable for a couple of days, and then you get over it. It's like being the boy who cried pig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, st- uh, Tim, do you have the uh, I have one Sesame here Street? about uh, sneezing. It's a quick one. I should warn you, by the way, Steve, that uh, we we may play this for you, and you may or may not hear it. We were having some uh, glitches recently where you play sound bites, and people on the phone can't hear them. But, uh, this but is... we care a lot here at Rock 101 KUF. That's right, Tim. So this is uh, from Sesame Street. This is uh, regarding the, the swine flu. Tim? Mm-hmm. All right. Man. In order to stay healthy, always sneeze or cough into the bend of your arm. Got Remember, use your arm when you cough or sneeze, and you'll be happy and healthy on Sesame Street. And the interesting thing is that they don't ever come out and say swine flu, but that's clearly what it's about, which sort of gives me the image of Elmo kind of laying around in his own sputum laver, you know, covered in some sort of red, blotchy sores. Would he have to be dry cleaned if he used his own sleeve? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Elmo gets Elmo gets crusty pretty pretty quickly. So, all right. Well, on that Even note, on my your friend, arm is it just sounds kind of disgusting. It really. I mean, and can I ask you this? I mean, when people say that you should cover your hand, uh, you know, cover your mouth with your hand when you sneeze, or if you're going to sneeze, you should sneeze again. You like into into your cuff or into your shirt sleeve or something. I'm speculating that that really does almost nothing. You know what I mean? It's like you cough into your hand. Don't you figure germs just sort of ricochet out everywhere anyway? I mean, if yeah. you. In other words, if you imagine that you're, let's say that the air in your lungs, imagine that it's not air, imagine it's water, uh, just for the purposes of visualization. If you were to kind of go, and just to expel a lot of water out of your mouth, but you have your hand in front of it, all it does is splatter that everywhere, as opposed to having it just go in one place. Yeah, it's so, like having a, a spray bottle, like a mist, you know? Yeah. I, that's it. And then my final question about it is, you're talking about they're going to make this uh, the swine flu vaccination um, available. Is this a thing that they just whipped together in a laboratory somewhere? Because it seems like the swine flu itself came out of nowhere. So I'm guessing that this is uh, this is going to be like that first generation of the Microsoft Zune, you know, where you where you buy it and you hook it up to your computer and it just deletes everything that you everything you own. I mean, is that going to happen with this? Where I'm going to plug the swine flu vaccine in and then suddenly my eyes are going to fall out? Well, it's uh, it's still undergoing trial uh, trials right now. That's so great. They, they think it'll be available um, in October. So really, these kids are the first wave of uh, they're the, they're the control group. These kids are the first wave of test subjects for this. Pretty much. It's just interesting to me that you know back in spring, you know they were they were making it sound like you know we're going to have massive amounts of uh, of deaths taking place as a result of swine flu. And then they're, they're telling us, well, it's, it seems to just be kind of a mild uh, flu right now. Wow. So, you know, just keep your kid at home. We'll all hide our disappointment. 
All right, Steve Kastenbaum. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. My pleasure. Thank there you. you. Go. Steve Kastenbaum in New York City, ladies and gents. All right, coming up at 6.40, more from Tim Riley at the news desk. Right, at 7 o'clock, Oregonian music editor Ryan White will be here. We'll talk uh, about the Beatles remaster series that's coming out and uh, about our good friend Marilyn Manson, who's coming to town. 7.20, we'll have the top five. Top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. Why, you ask? You'll find out after this. Uh, we want to thank uh, our friend Roy for calling up, by the way. He just saw ACDC in Tacoma, so we'll play a little ACDC for Roy right now. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Oregonian music editor Ryan White will uh, join us today. We'll talk about the Beatles remaster series that just came out. And uh, we'll have today's top five, which is the uh, top five songs from March 3rd. 1991. You may ask yourself, why March 3rd, 1991? Uh, in just a few minutes, don't call about this quite yet, but in just a few minutes, we'll give you a chance to play a round of 20 questions with us, and if you can correctly deduce the identity of tomorrow's guest. We are talking to Harry Shearer tomorrow, but uh, in addition to Harry Shearer, we will be talking to uh, somebody else. And if you can figure out who that is in just a, a short while, you win yourself... Uh, well, first of all, you'll uh, get our respect, esteem, and admiration, but you'll get yourself a, a pair of passes to see Halloween 2. Well, that is uh, all on the horizon, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Let's uh, say a brief hello to our friend uh, Greg Nibbler, who has returned and who is uh, ensconced in his production assistant chair this morning, as he always is. Hello, Greg. How are you? I am doing excellent. Are you really? Yes. Well, I'm doing all right. It seems like you're in a great mood. I think that he's in a fantastic mood. <laughs> I've never seen you happier to be here. <laughs> am I in a surly mood today? I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with your assessment, though. Angrily muttering to yourself. You forget there's a window in front of your face. It's like you're, you're cursing under your breath, and we can see you doing it, but we're not sure at what you're cursing. You're just sort of over there going, <laughs> and I just see you every time you're like, <laughs> I should <laughs> dim the lights more, too, in my room, just so it looks even more sinister. Have some uh, smoke in here. Is there a, I I mean, is there, is, there, is there some particular reason why you're perhaps uh, feeling a little bit prickly this morning? No, no, not at all. I, I didn't mean to uh, to do that. I think I'm just a little bit thrown off because I, I took one day off, which automatically throws me off the entire week. Do you want Rick reason. to give you a hug? No, I, no, I don't no, think, Rick I don't think that would no, solve the problem. Please, let's not, let's not do that. All right. <laughs> no, I am doing excellent. All right. So, because if not, you know, we could always, um, you know, we could always endeavor to cheer you up. <laughs> Sarah, really? do we have... Uh, do we have something that? Oh, are we uh, cheering now? Do we might have something that will uh, will help Greg uh, put a smile on his face, or turn his frown upside well, why don't we down? Go to the news desk, and then, uh, then are we'll we play. not prepared with the off-puttingly cheery music that we that we created? It's like that we created as an amusing bit. <laughs> All right. Are you? Well, I'm more depressed than ever now. Okay. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland. It is 641 now. You can expect high temperatures today in the upper 70s. A longtime judge and prosecutor from Lynn County admits he abused his power to get sexual favors from women and agreed to plea bargain with the attorney general that includes surrendering his law license for life. This judge named Larry Hoochin is 70 years old. He's been a judge for the city of Lebanon and a prosecutor for 30 years. He pled guilty to official misconduct, one count of third-degree sexual abuse, and one count of sexual harassment. One of the victims was a woman with one arm. Jesus, God. All right. Mm -hmm. 
He's the judge. Hey, by the way, speaking of women with one whatever, uh, have, do you ever read that? Uh, do you ever read that newspaper, Busted? Yes. Busted. Do you Busted? Which is that? It's that. Uh, I just bought a new copy this weekend. Me I've never too. Seen it. Actually, you've awesome. never you never read. Well, they don't Did have you it see in the one-eyed prostitute. That's in the front? exactly yes. what I was going to talk about. Is the one-eyed hooker. All Dude, right. I thought it was a guy. No, we should, okay, we should, what is busted? We have to back up for just a second. I know, I know you is. don't have this in Tannisborn, where the trees are made of gumdrops and the children are made of happiness. But Busted. there's a magazine they sell in southeast Portland, although I understand they're expanding to Eugene, according to what's they on did, the front of the magazine. And they had some Corvallis. It is, and it's, by the way, it's published by a listener of ours. So, uh, no oh, it's, way. It's a yeah, no, the guy who runs it is a listener. I forget Busted. his name at the moment. But it's, uh, it's, oh, I want to hug him. It's like one of those, you know, nickel ad, you know, those nickel saver papers they used to have. I don't know if they still exist or not, but you know what I'm talking about. You like can the, buy humiliation the, the, the for a saver. dollar. Yeah, like the little penny saver papers. Yeah. It's like that, and they sell it for a buck, and it's just nothing but mug shots from the past, I think, 60 days or 30 days. I think it comes out maybe like maybe every two months. But it's, it's you know, however, like 15 pages long, something like that. It's like faces of meth. And it's, it, but, it's, but it's like faces of crime. And it, what it is is it's mug shots followed by their name, what they were arrested for, and when they were arrested, and then occasionally they'll do fugitives too, uh, like be on the lookout for, uh, you know, uh, John St. Thug or whatever, and it'll be a picture of a guy who's wanted for something. But almost, but the rest of it's all mugshots, and th- they know like what city, what county they're from, and they're almost all, you know, they're all from Southeast Portland more or less. Um, but on the front of the, I think it's the front page, but it may not be. It may be on the oh, inside. It is. No, it's on the front page there's and a, on the inside. There's a hooker with one eye, and that was the the funny thing is that you latched onto that, and my wife and I both independently because I, I brought it home from I'd stopped at 7-Eleven and uh, I came back and I said, honey look what I brought you and she said oh you shouldn't have and then we sat and we bonded together as a oh, couple no. over it first thing she knows she's like look at the one-eyed horror on the front the guitarist and I sat at a coffee shop for 45 minutes going through each page methodically like looking and I usually know at least one person in there but uh, this week I didn't know anybody uh, what is the one-eyed hooker's crime she was hit for. Being, it was prostitution. Yeah, being, I think the the answer is in for one eyed prostitution. The answer is in the question there, Tim. The one eyed hooker was arrested for shoplifting. Sure. <laughs> did you think it was a man though? I did. I did. What did she I look was like? But her name was like Deborah. Bad. She looks like bad. <laughs> I mean, she looks like a she looks like a butt wearing a wig. You know what? You can actually find it online. Bustin's online as well. <laughs> I mean, there's just no getting around. Busted online. That, I mean. <laughs> All right. <laughs> At the news desk, here's Tim Riley. An Ohio judge resorted to taping a defendant's mouth shut after the man would not shut up. Judge Stephen Belden warned 51-year-old Harry Brown to stop talking before ordering a deputy to put duct tape over his mouth. If you keep interrupting me, I'm going to have Mr. Smith put it over your mouth. Well, Mr. Smith put the tape on his mouth. The judge refuses to tolerate improper behavior in his courtroom. I'm not a fire and brimstone judge. I, uh, you know, I'm not looking for publicity. I had a decision to make so that we could get on with these hearings. So, they, so he had duct tape just brought in and put over the guy. It yeah. seems like that would be illegal. And it probably a bad idea because if the guy asphyxiates or something or dies, you're just you're asking for trouble. Uh, it's like shades of Bobby Seale. If you could be you watch, you know, back in the when they did the Chicago Eight trial, um, Bobby Seale kept you know making a bunch of ruckus about wanting to act as his own attorney, and they had him. They had they had uh, like cotton jammed into his mouth, and then the judge duct taped him up, which is the sort of thing you would never ever do now because you just you know that I mean, especially in a room full of lawyers, you probably wouldn't want to do that. But you know, what are you going to do? Another big newspaper goes bankrupt. This time it's the Orange County Register of California. Really? Uh-huh. It's a parent company, Freedom Communications, cannot pay down its 
million dollar debt. I was about to ask if we can all have some sort of a bake sale to buy that for uh, for Dick Van Patten, but that's not. But I'm 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 confusing uh, the newspapers. That was the Sacramento Bee, right? Right. right. This is the Orange County Register, which okay. is also big. They also own a TV station here in Medford, Oregon, which is also bankrupt. Uh, meanwhile, oh, we have uh, another uh, healthy uh, tip here from Elmo. It's time to practice staying healthy on Sesame Street. That's right. Now, in order to stay healthy, always wash your hands. Come on, practice washing your hands with Elmo. Wash, 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 wash. Keep washing, and you'll stay happy, happy and, and healthy, healthy on, on Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. I can't wait for the newer, like, edgier version of Sesame Street where Elmo teaches you how to clean your works before you, uh, before you tie off in the morning. <laughs> Elmo tells you exactly where the needle drop is located. Uh, I, and I typically, I don't really cotton much to, uh, through Sesame Street, the, you know, the sort of, the bleak Sesame Street humor. But I make an exception for Elmo because he bugs the hell out of me. Telly, I you, will accept. You had the chance to interview him, I think, and you turned it down. Elmo, really? Oh, that's right. I did. You did. So you I have nobody for... but yourself to blame. No, no, no. Here's the, the, like, I have no... If, if, I think it's a generational thing. I really do. I think that Elmo is disliked by people who are probably Gen X and older. Although I guess Sarah's not Gen X. And you, how do you feel about about Elmo? Were you a Sesame Street fan growing oh, up yeah, though? Because no. you lived in Spain, and I, I don't know how that works. I was a Sesame Street fan. Well, uh, people would tape Sesame Street and then uh, send it to us in the mail. What's so, it called? Calle de Sesame. So <laughs> no, well, I mean, it was it was the American Sesame Street, but I got it like you know six months after the uh, episodes had aired. Were you a fan? So how do you feel I about love, Elmo? Uh, Elmo seemed like a secondary character. Like he didn't. Yeah, he seemed kind of an add-on. See, but the thing is, but he's somehow overtaken the show uh, in the past, like, no, ten I love years or Big so. Bird. Yeah, I mean, it, he's, there's Maybe a, he needs to be spoken to. And Snuffleupagus. There's some weirdness, though, with, the, with that program where they just, where they introduced, uh, you know what Elmo is? He's the Ryan Seacrest of the Muppet world, where he just kind of came out of nowhere, and there's really no reason why anybody should like him or why he should be popular. He has no definable personality he has a traits. He contract. That's the thing, but, like, but he somehow knew the right people or was able to somehow ingratiate himself with the power structure for you know in ways that I that I will not uh, expound upon and then just kind of got handed the keys to the uh, the keys to the kingdom where and then you know, all of the older sort of more established characters were just shoved to the side it's all very sad all right here's and i think he's related to telly i mean in the sort of in the family tree of the muppet world i think elmo is telly's nephew and then, you know, and then Telly himself is just sort of a stooge, you know, character. He's kind of the shemp of, of that old joint. Uh, here's Tim Riley. A Gmail outage deprives millions of emails. It was down for hours. Gmail effed mm-hmm. everybody like yesterday. yesterday. Inaccessible yeah. to 36 million users. Yeah, G- and uh, Gmail and all of its related functions, everything related to it went down uh, for a big chunk of yesterday. Uh, Gmail's problems were the top tending uh, topic on Twitter, which users traded updates. And posted links to such things as Mashable, which published the post called Five Things to Do While Gmail is Down. And by the way, the irony is if you went if you go to Google Trends, I think even now, this morning I was checking Google Trends and the top five search terms were all things like, Why is my Gmail down? And the irony is people were searching on Google to find out answers to why and there was there was no answer. It was just, you know, Google did that thing as much as I love Google. They did that thing where they put out a press release that said, Well, we have issues and we're working to resolve them and they never really like explained what that was all about, but well, that's like error, do like four hundred four. Explain themselves. Well, it's just one of those things that, like, you don't realize that that you know the, the internet and Google, you know, they're kind of a utility almost at this point. Uh, you know, like your power or your water. Uh, Google goes down, and just, everything is just completely screwed. Even I, because I, I don't use Gmail as such. Uh, you know, I have a Gmail account, but I, I really only use it 
I use Google Sync, which is basically a thing that lets me sync my BlackBerry to my to my MacBook. Um, but that still requires Google to work, and it just it wasn't yesterday. It was uh, it was just disaster, is what it was. All right, at this juncture, let's take caller ten at five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three. Two two eight four one zero one. We'll do a, a couple other stories uh, here, Tim, and uh, and we'll give somebody the opportunity to play twenty questions to see if you can uh, discern who tomorrow's guest will be. We have a mystery guest coming up tomorrow, but unlike most of the mystery guests, uh, the identity is known to me, just not to uh, y'all. But if you can correctly guess tomorrow's uh, guest, you want a pair of passes to see Halloween too. It's caller ten at five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Here's Tim Riley. Apple's exclusive deal with AT and T to offer the iPhone may end within a year. This according to a prediction from a financial analysis named Gene Munster. Mr. Munster says, if he's correct. Really? Okay, yes. Why wouldn't you change that? It's like $50 to That's change your name. That's badass. <laughs> I guess. Gene I, Munster. Don't you want to be Rick Munster? See, no, because then you either look like Fred, you, people either think you, you know you're going to get the the uh, you know the monsters in the television jokes, or you're going to people are going to call you Munster. You're going to look like a cheese mm, of some kind. Well, if Mister Munster is correct, opening up the iPhone to other carriers in the U.S. could be a boon for Apple, which would likely see iPhone sales go through the roof. On the flip side, if this uh, prediction does come true, it'll mean very bad news for AT&T, which relies heavily on the iPhone to boost its wireless well, that's, sales and revenue. That's their whole thing. That's why a lot of people use AT&T is because they want to be able to use um, you know, the, the iPhone. I got two questions. One, why were they called the Munsters and not the Monsters? I mean, what is the point of that? Why, why the U in, their, in the family's name? I don't know. I've never researched. Is that. that an inside joke of some kind? I mean, I know it's close to monster, but you figure the fifties the had no subtlety. There was no. It wasn't like jokes were really refined at that point. So I, I wonder why they were called monster. That just makes no sense at all. I don't know. That show was just filmed in an eerie manner, which made it look much older than it was. Well, you and I have discussed this. Where you said you preferred the monsters because you found the Adams family scary. Isn't that true? Is yes. that you I'm thinking of that you found yes. the Adams The Adams family it's, was it's creepy. Off-putting. No, the Adams family was I mean, even now, if you watch the Adams family, I mean it was forty years ago, um I mean, it's it's I mean it's morbid. It really is an, an, an unbearably creepy show in some ways. Wednesday Adam walking around uh, the, the the doll with no head. Uh, and the fact that they allude repeatedly in the Adams family to the fact that people are dead out in the backyard because they've got a swamp. And they're having to pull corpses out of their backyard all the time. It makes you wonder how they got away with that. I mean, it was that children's entertainment? Uh, it who, was, who was that really for? I, I, I don't know. And I know that they toned it down significantly from the New Yorker cartoons that the Adams Family TV show was based on. It. Those were even worse. But well, now I, mean, I want to watch the Adams Family movies again. I mean, the, the Adams Family movies are great. The Adams they're, they're different from the TV show. They're, they're different from the TV show. The TV show was, in a strange way, even more sexualized than the movie because it wasn't as broadly comedic. Um, and plus, Carolyn Jones is just like the hottest thing ever. So, all right. Uh, did I tell you, before I take this call, speaking of, of weird names, did I tell you that I met a guy? Uh, I guess it's not a big deal if I use his name on the air because he's he has a distinctive name and he's an artist anyway. I tell you, I met a guy a couple weeks ago. His name is, his legal name on his birth certificate is Zero Black. I think you did say that. I, the guy I met, he introduced, our friend Tim, uh, introduced, Tim Oakley introduced us. He's like, it's my friend Zero. And, he, and then without he, he, Tim he actually would know somebody named Zero. <laughs> and he said, he goes, by the way, that is his real name. And then he turned to the guy and he goes, tell him your last name. And the guy's like, Black. So his name is Zero Black. And of course, he's covered in tattoos and he's, you know, and he's, uh, you know, and he looks like a badass. All right. Where are we going here? Let's. Uh... So it's his son's name, One? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a completely binary family. It took me a second to process that there. I'm just now able to tell time this morning, by the way. Uh, this is uh, Kyle. You are caller 10. Hello, Kyle. How are you on this uh, fine Wednesday morning? I'm doing good. 
All right, my friend, you're going to uh, play 20 questions for a shot at passes to see Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. So here's what you need to know. Tomorrow we are interviewing Harry Shearer of Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame. However, tomorrow we are also interviewing somebody else. They are a newsmaker from the year 19. 19- 91. You now have 20 questions in which to discern the identity of tomorrow's mystery guest. If you can do so, you win the Halloween 2 passes. You may begin at your leisure. Um, is it, is it, can I get, just guess first, Howard Stern? If you would like, you can, you can ask narrowing questions. In other words, you may ask, is it male, female, uh, you know, singer, whatever. Is it male? Uh, yes. Um... Does he have black curly hair? Is this leading to a Baba Booey joke? Because if so, we could skip to the end of the page right now. Is it Howard Stern? <laughs> wow, is it is it 45 seconds ago already? <laughs> or is it 1996? <laughs> is it no, too early not, for you to find your not. actual wit? Yeah, I'm kind of... You should hang up now and then spare yourself further embarrassment. Yeah, we should, we should. we should end this call. Okay. All right, goodbye. That was amazing. Wow. Wow, everything's going splendidly today. That was fantastic. (laughs) Greg, it's funny Greg actually notes, we have backup calls if you, you know, want to hang up on this guy. (sighs) All right, we should do this. We'll come back straight uh, uh, with uh, Ryan White, music editor for the Oregonian. That was awesome right there. Okay. It's like drinking weak old soda. Uh, we'll have the top five coming up at 7.20 at 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Greg Nibbler and find out how yesterday's television commercial shoot went. We continue next live from downtown Portland. Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO! Pop, pop, pop! Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It is 503-228-4101. In mere seconds, we'll be joined by Ryan White, music editor from The Oregonian. Coming up at 720 today, we will uh, have today's top five. Top five songs from March 3rd, 1991 at uh, 8 o'clock. We'll talk to Greg Nibbler, find out how yesterday's uh, television commercial shoot went. And just so you know, somebody, uh, the story's gotten a little confused already, where somebody thinks that I screwed Greg out of his second appearance on Leverage. It's not really that I screwed him out of an appearance on Leverage. It's that I screwed him out of an appearance on Leverage once. That I was okay. I thought you were saying you didn't do it the first time. No, I mean I did clearly. Yeah. He was supposed to. Be, he was supposed to shoot on Leverage about I don't know six weeks ago, and and anyway, long story short, I inadvertently gave him the shaft there, and and I, I sort of uh, I I I was gonna I was trying to find something like act blocked or something, but I but I I made it. I was an impediment to his acting career. And I was hoping that that would sort of be bumped off the front page of the newspaper of Greg's life by him finally being able to to shoot uh, you know an episode of the show, and that was I think going to happen on Sunday slash Monday, and then it didn't happen. So it's really just that I have yet to atone for the sin of uh, of stopping him from getting on the uh, the show. So we'll have more about that uh, at eight o'clock. Um, we have uh, also a pair of passes for you to see Blink One Eighty Two coming up at some point before nine a.m. You want to be listening for that. Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on this Wednesday morning. Well, we're going to have some suggestions on what the mayor should do about this sidewalk problem downtown with all these huddle masses sticking around there bugging people. Also, there's an alligator on the loose, and the Oregon Zoo has some new African lions that should interest you. Awesome. This text message said, hey, do we have a soundbite of Elmo showing me how to use a lice comb? Just curious. 
No, no, we no. do not. But yeah, but I have yet a third swine flu clip uh, from Elmo and Gordon on Sesame Street that we can get to here in just a bit. All right, at this juncture, we're going to take caller 10 at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. But we're going to do this a little bit differently. We're going to take caller 10, and we're now going to uh, welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Oregonian music editor Ryan White. Hello, sir. Hello. Uh, now, right out of the gate, I don't know, maybe you're caffeinated, maybe you're not, maybe you're awake, maybe you're not. Maybe you have your mental faculties honed and razor sharp, maybe you do not. Those are never that. Well, you are going to play 20 questions for a caller. Now, we had the, uh, I don't know, about the 15 minutes ago, we had someone endeavoring to do the 20 questions thing, and then it ended up uh, going poorly. More for the caller than for us. You're going to play 20 questions. You will try to deduce the identity of tomorrow's guest, a guest whose identity has not been revealed to the audience. If you are successful in doing so, uh, the caller in question will win a pair of passes to see Halloween, too. So their fee, uh, fate is really on your shoulders. It's in your hands. Too much pressure. It is incumbent upon you. Don't buckle. To be victorious for I'm them. already buckled. <laughs> All right. Are you, and obviously you're familiar with 20 questions. You know how it works. A Vaguely. series of narrowing inquiries uh, from which you purportedly, uh, you know, are able to, uh, to deduce the identity of the guest. Okay. All right. Are you ready, sir? I think. All right. Right out of the gate, Ryan White, music editor from The Oregonian. Ask away. Is this person in the news recently? Uh, not as such. Not in any demonstrable way. What pops way. up here and there? Yeah, I mean, not in any not in any actual sense, no. Is this person in the music industry? Technically, yes. Is this person in a portion of the music industry that requires a postgraduate degree? <laughs> yes, it's Bob Clearmountain. <laughs> uh, no, no. Good, because I don't know any music Good, lawyers. You need to move away from the music yeah. thing. Is this person local? No. Is this person in Los Angeles? Yes. They are based in Los Angeles. Well, gee, that narrows it down. Um, Good question. I would say also achieved uh, fame in Los Angeles. You know this person because of uh, uh, because of events that transpired in the city of Angels, yes. Um, is this does this person wear a costume to work? No. Okay, it's not goofy. No, it's the uh, guy inside HR Puff and stuff. No. <laughs> All right. Um, does this... Is this person on TV regularly? Um, they been? Was recently, actually, yes. And I think... Uh, actually, I have Pretty to... Pretty much annually. I think... You, you hear about this person. You hear about this person once a year, but also this person was until recently on a television series. I'll put it that way. They were until very recently uh, on on a TV uh, series, yes. So this person we hear of annually? Yes. On Labor Day? No. Damn, I was hoping you got Jerry Lewis. No. No, no, no. After in my that, dreams, After that whole thing pal. a couple of weeks ago. Seriously. Yes. No, no, no. That's, uh, no he's, still on the, he's still on the get list. Yeah, he, this person will be on TV in September uh, for a one-off sort of a thing. But, uh, but they just recently finished a television series. Series. So this person is an actor? No. No. If you'd like to tap out at any point, by the way, if you just feel that you're at the end of your uh, questioning rope. I I might be there. All right. Are you, uh, are you yielding? I, I've 
I'm out. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm submissed. There you go. Uh, Ryan White, music editor for the Oregonian, completely and totally failing to uh, deduce the identity of tomorrow's guest. I'm a lousy journalist. Tomorrow. <laughs> I don't deserve to live. You're going to kick yourself, too, because you were really close. You were uh, you were narrowing it down. I gotta Let's say, give but, him one last chance. So it's something that happened. We'll give you one. I'll give you two more questions. I'll give you two more questions, and then and then I'll just real who it is that so we're going to do tomorrow. Something, someone who lives in Los Angeles, an incident that happened in Los Angeles, we, and people we, remember it annually. It is a man, uh, presumably, in the, I mean, t- the, technically speaking, works in the recording industry, has interests in the recording industry anyway. Although it's not known for his... Is not known for that, probably, but is, to be honest, is. Uh, and you hear about them once a year, and recently finished a, a television show. Is this a reality television show? Yes, they just wrapped up a reality television show, and I believe it's the second reality show they've done. And it's a they. That well, oh, they, 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 it's him. It, I mean, it, he. It's the, the royal they. Yeah, it is the uh, it is it, it is the second reality show he has done. The second reality show he has done. Has any part of him ever been chopped off? <laughs> well, well there, there was an attempt to do <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah, not for lack of trying. Uh no. Uh, but no. you're close. No, but you are really. I have, to, I have to say that I, it, had there been more time, it might have happened. And I think had there been more time, you would have correctly uh, guessed that tomorrow's guest on this program will be is is Rodney King. Oh, and I was just that was on my brain. But was it really? I, I honestly, yes, it, it honestly was. But I didn't think that there was any. I, you I, I know nothing of the reality show or any tangential he, music. He was on a Celebrity Rehab and also on a, a sort of a show like that called Sober House. Um, and does, in fact, still have a record label uh, that operates, theoretically, uh, in Los Angeles somewhere. You're telling me Celebrity Rehab and Sober House are separate shows? I, uh, I, believe, uh, I believe that one was sort of a, uh, an attempt to cash in on the, uh, on the success of the other. Here's I, have, the, I have to watch more TV. Here's the other thing I'll say, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do the top five. We'll talk a little bit about the Beatles uh, remasters that have come out and uh, our good friend Marilyn Manson, who's on tour. I think you should give those tickets, by the way, just because I was thinking of Marilyn Manson. Really? You think? Or not of Marilyn Manson, of Rodney King. Hold on. We'll, uh, the two things are kind of... Hold on. We'll let destiny decide. Heads that I... Yes, heads. All right. Uh, Greg, Justin, call it 10. We'll uh, give those to him because I'm feeling mighty Christian this morning. Awesome. I'll just say this. The thing about Rodney King is you realize how no matter what a news story is, if it's about race relations or if it's about class or if it's, you know, if it's something that of great social and political import, as Janis Joplin would say, everything eventually gets squeezed down through the narrow end of the of the fame funnel. Because Rodney King, I swear to God, I'm not making this up. We're going to be talking to Rodney King tomorrow, who was, of course, uh, beaten by uh, several members of the Los Angeles Police Department in the early 90s. And then, of course, there was the trial and the riots sparked by that and all of that. He's talking to us because he is promoting a pay-per-view event. It's a celebrity boxing match, I swear to God, in which he will be boxing a cop. And I am not making that up. Rodney King is going to be boxing a police officer in a pay-per-view event. And that just shows you that everything eventually just seeks its own level. You know what I mean? I mean, that really is. I mean, that's America in a nutshell right there. Uh, historically important, uh, you know, the, the, the massively influential, uh, you know, case in terms of the legal system had great amounts of impact on race relations and culture and class and distinctions of money and geographic uh, distinctions and the attitudinal positioning of America. It doesn't matter. You know, you can pay $19 to see him get punched by a cop on television and to see him punch said cop on television. We watching it at your house or mine? <laughs> I don't We're watching it at Patty Chayefsky's house. That's where we're watching it. All right. Straight ahead. We'll talk to Oregon. 
Oregonian music editor Ryan White, plus more news from Tim Riley, ladies and uh, gentlemen. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we'll uh, talk to Greg Nibbler, find out how his commercial uh, shoot went yesterday. We have a pair of passes for you to see Blink-182 sometime before 9 o'clock. Be listening. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It's the Rick Emerson Show. You stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. It's Wednesday morning. Good morning to you. It's 503-228-4101. I'm here with Oregonian music editor Ryan White. We'll talk about uh, the Beatles remasters and Marilyn Manson here in just one moment. Coming up uh, at 740, we have today's top five. Top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. March 3rd, 1991, of course, is the uh, date of the... I was going to say, you, you realize over the years how... Working in in the media to whatever degree, you just get certain things ingrained where you want to start qualifying phrases. Like I re- I realized that just now I was actually about to say the alleged beating. It's really nothing alleged about that. The yeah, actual he was beaten. The actual the, <laughs> demonstrably provable uh, beating. The uh, the actual videotape we beating. Do our top five with today. We had thought. This makes me a bad person, but we had toyed with the idea of doing the top five songs with beat in the title somehow, you know, like uh, beat, it. beat It, and um, we, got the beat. we Got the Beat. and Turn the beat around. I just decided that that was probably in poor taste. The beat of the rhythm of the night. So, uh, anyway, we will be doing the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991, which is the uh, the day that the uh, beating of Rodney King actually transpired, so we can take a look at what else was uh, woven into the American tapestry on that day. Uh, real quickly, I should read this. Somebody sent this to us from Craigslist. Um, this is from the Portland Craigslist uh, the page. This is from Northeast Portland. It says, use pantyhose. That's like the, the title of the posting. I have two big bags of used pantyhose, worn, filled with holes, knee length, thigh highs, pantyhose. Just tell me what you use them for and you can have them. Just tell me what you use them for? Right there. Right there. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so if you're interested in that, you will. Uh, Go search Craigslist. Hello, Ryan White. How are you today? I love coming in here. It really, is. I really do. We it, love having you here. I it's like my listen. favorite part of my week. It's like a uh, it's like a bag full of horrible glittering jewels. Or dirty pantyhose. Yeah, yeah or dirty pantyhose. <laughs> bag full of dirty pantyhose. Yes. Um, so let's talk about these Beatles remasters that just came out. This is this isn't like the love thing that came out a couple years ago. That was like a mashup deal. These are. No. Remasters in the sense that they've cleaned up and the tracks are sort of sparkling. This is they, they come out a week from today, and it's 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 marketed to uh, to coincide with the release of uh, the Beatles rock band. And last Thursday, I think I went down to my mailbox at the office and I had this big box sitting in there, bigger than you know, normally CDs come one at a time, and this right. one's marked four pounds. And I'm like, what is this? And I open it up, and it's 14 Beatles discs, the wow. entire catalog remastered, Bastard. start to finish. And I just spent the weekend going through it, like one by one, in order. And they've got mini documentaries on them. They're, they've got the original liner notes, updated liner notes, production notes, new photos. It's And it, as somebody who had always appreciated the Beatles, liked the Beatles, but didn't own a lot of Beatles right. music. I mean, the only actual Beatles album I have on CD is, is Abbey Road from those 87 uh, releases that they put out. And, and it, it was just stunning to sit there and listen to him. It was like experiencing it all over again. And, you know, from the very first track, you know, or the first record, I saw her standing there. I put it in, and I was like, you know, if this came on the radio right now, if I heard this today, mm-hmm. I'd be like, 
who are these people? Right. This is great. Right, right. And it, it just it it stands up so well. I that's the the thing about about the Beatles. I mean. It's, it's hard to say anything about the Beatles. It doesn't just sound freaking obvious. They're a great band, but it, there's so much of that that should sound dated but doesn't. Uh, I think that you know the same thing with uh, Led Zeppelin really works for me in the same way in that it the production style, the songwriting style. It's you know when you put it shoulder to shoulder with contemporary music, it just it lasts you know in a way that really nothing else uh, does. Those those two bands, at least for me, when, I heard that with this, these Beatles remasters that they took basically every track, every instrument, if they were able to isolate it somehow, cleaned it up. Uh, you know, brightened it up individually and then put it all back together again. Basically, like taking a car into a billion parts, polishing every single one of them, and then putting it back together again. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does, especially when you sit there with, with headphones on listening to it. It feels like you're sitting in the middle of the studio as, as they're recording it. Like, I, I listened to like, maybe five or six times in a row. I just kept listening to Helter Skelter last night, which wow. is just crazy on these things. I mean, you could, you, you can really, they, they've kind of pulled all of Paul's bass out of the mud of some of those earlier earlier mixes and, and, and it just really moves and on and, and some of the earlier ones where they weren't able to really stereo the uh, on, on these stereo uh, remasters the vocals you actually end up with most of the music in one ear and the vocal in the other so it really is like okay John's on my left and the other guys are, are on the right playing and I'm just standing in the middle of it and it just sounds I mean all of it just sounds so amazing and so crisp when are these when are these come out is it the ninth of uh, the ninth yeah the ninth of September and that's the, the the theory is that's the day that Apple uh, that iTunes is going to unveil the yeah, Beatles catalog. Yeah, Apple's announced a, uh, a press conference for that morning, which is, you know, about this time every year they always have a, uh, a, a big music-related uh, press conference. But because it's the same day as the rock band and the remasters, the, wow. uh, everybody's assuming that they and might And it's 999. 999, that, that this might be when they finally come to iTunes as well. Awesome. So. All right, straight ahead we will have uh, today's top five. Top five songs from March 3rd, 1991, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Harry Shearer and, I swear to Christ, Rodney King. All right, back after this with the top five. Be listening for what comes next. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 8 o'clock. News with Tim Riley. We'll talk to uh, Greg Nibbler as well about his uh, commercial shoot yesterday. So how is Leverage done shooting here after this season? Is that the deal? Have they wrapped? They're, they're not sure yet if they're coming back for the next season. But there will be another season of Leverage. It has not yet been decided whether or not it's going to be shooting in Portland. But it, but it might be going elsewhere. All right. So I can find there will somebody. be another season, but we don't know if it's here. I right. can find somebody in that city, and I can screw them out of their guest shot. Just so I, you know, my track record can uh, remain intact. We're here with Oregonian music editor Ryan White. And in honor of tomorrow's guest, it will be uh, Rodney King. Rodney King will be uh, joining us well, here. Well, he's wanted show. to be on this program for a long time. Well, <laughs> you know, I... We've had to turn him down. You know, there were schedule conflicts before. <laughs> so I, just, I wanted to demonstrate to Rodney King that dreams can come true. Uh, we will now do these. These are the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. One, fire. Wonderful counting is marvelous. Counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you? All right, ladies and gentlemen, with your top five, here is Tim Riley. 
And it was on March 3rd, 1991, that Rodney King was beaten by officers at the LAPD. A beating captured on videotape broadcast on the television and sparked one of the most tumultuous chapters in American history. And what was the artistic landscape at that time, you ask? Well, let's take a look at it. The top five songs from March 3rd, 2000, uh, 1991. 1991. Honorable mention at number six, going to Chris Isaac with Wicked Game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sexiest video ever. What's that uh, chick's name in the video? Is it Helena Christensen? Christensen, yeah. Yeah. You know, there's actually uh, two videos for this song. And I don't even know. I, I can't even remember what the other video is. At this There's point. no reason to remember what the other video was. It's like him in a hotel staring at the television or something. Oh, that's boring. You know, I watched this video last night actually because we were putting this top five together, and I uh, sat there on the uh, the YouTube and I uh, I watched this and talk about things that still hold up. First of all, this song holds up because it sounded dated even then, and mm-hmm. so it hasn't. I mean, it hasn't aged badly because you know it, it sounded like an out of time sort of experience when it came out. That video is still amazing, largely because it's in black and white. And and he, uh, you know, and the aesthetic that he had was always kind of a 50s rockabilly thing. So there's nothing about it that dates. Also, hot never really goes out of style. No. And let's all. On both accounts. I mean, those are both uh, very pretty people. I would have sex with Chris Isaac right now. <laughs> at this moment, did he bring him here at this instant? Does he want to be on the program? Well, if, now that he's got the inducement of. Now, now that he's got the, the, bonus oh of, the bonus of relations with Rick Emerson. Uh, you know, I saw a photo of him. Playing, he was at a club or something last year, and he still looks good. He clearly is a uh, he knows where his bread is buttered. I can't say the same for Helena Christensen. I haven't seen her. And recently. he was on Twin Peaks Firewalk with Mason. That's right. He's always seemed like an interesting guy. He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's hilarious. Chicks dig Chris Isaac. Uh, they... He looks a little bulby. Like his face is a little bulby. Bulby. In what way? Uh, he looks like he looks like an incandescent of... bulb on one of the new ones. God, he just looks like he has. But he's got the vibe, like right? Balls. I mean, it's like yeah. one of those mercury bulbs, all yeah. twisty and <laughs> but I think hard it, to recycle. He does have a vibe. I though. think chicks kind of dig him because he has the weird, mysterious kind of thing going on. I was just gonna say mysterious. Doesn't it does seem like that. he ought to be on True Blood as a guest star? Oh, he better be. All right, <laughs> these are the top five songs from March third, nineteen ninety one. Tim Riley, number five, gonna make you sweat <sighs> from CNC Music Factory. And God Almighty. Oh my Ryan part of my favorite <laughs> Simpsons moment ever. Please to explain. When uh when Bart when Homer is worried that Bart is becoming gay because they've met a gay man and so right. he tries to take him to all the manly things and he takes him to the steel mill Factory, where, right. where they where they start dancing to That's this right. and, and Bart looks at Homer and just says, Dad, why'd you bring me to a gay steel mill? Yeah. Boy, I can picture this video like it was yesterday. It's that weird... They, They're in like the... Yeah. It's like a Gap commercial with a stark white background. Some There were some gears involved in this. Yeah. Remember, no, they were dancing on the gears. I remember yeah. doing all that weird... Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Everybody could have seen that. That was a nice little move, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks. You were doing like a Shazam kind of a thing there. <laughs> Can anybody now name for me the the male uh, vocal performer here, the uh, the rapper no. from CNC Music Factory? Anybody? No. He wasn't the and C. This is uh, <laughs> this is uh, Freedom Williams. This guy's name. Can anybody now name for me no. the female vocalist? She was one of the. She sang. I'll, I'll give you a hint here. The woman who's just singing the Everybody Dance now. She was half. Uh, was it the Weather Girls? Is that who did It's Raining Men? I don't I think it was the Weather Girls that did It's Raining Men. Half of the Weather Girls, uh, that's who's doing the the little hook here. Is it Rodney King? Yes. She was also in uh, Good Vibrations, the Marky Mark song. Is Freedom Williams dead? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, I think he died a long time ago. (laughs) 
I'm you should say I haven't completely confused with with the Millie Vanilli or something, but I think yeah, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Well, because the song is 18 years old. Well, now I'm sad. Now this song is ruined for me. It's filled with unexpected uh, bitter, uh, bittersweet flavorings. All right. These are the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. Tim? Celine Dion, Where Does My Heart Beat Now at number four. Oh, my God. I love it. Wow, I hate this song. I mean, I hate this song. I hate Celine Dion. Yes. I don't mind saying it. I went to New Orleans for a jazz fest this year, and we land, and we get our luggage, and we jump in a cab in New Orleans, and the cab driver was playing Celine Dion. Really? In New yeah, Orleans? in New Orleans. It's like everything you thought you knew about the city was just shattered. Yeah, and I was so excited. I was like, we were, we were catching the cab down to the French Quarter, and... It was very disillusioning. Okay, Sarah's fully uh, in, you know, ensconced in the uh, in the warm embrace of this song. You're I have doing, a microphone in front of me, yet I'm using my pen as my singing. Microphone. And you're doing that thing where you're kind of you're squinting, and then you're shaking your head slowly back and forth like the drummer in an Ario Speedwagon video, like you're feeling it. I love this song. I didn't know this was Celine Dion. That's why I loved it so much. Now Be- I kind of love it a little less. Because she is a faceless uh, performer. Her songs are very, very... She's like Mariah Carey in that way. That they're just, And they're just sort of non-distinct. There. There's, that's the thing. There's nothing about Celine Dion, at least to me, that is distinctive. There's no texture. There's no... Well, it's you know, the personality of a yellow sticky note. Well, <laughs> exactly. That's lost a lot of the stickiness. She's very Canadian. Let's put it that way. It's that yellow sticky note that you try to stick on something and it just keeps falling off. Those come from It's Canada. got schmutz on the back of it. <laughs> These are the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. Number three is Timmy T, One More Try. Yes. This is exactly how Rodney King would want us to celebrate his upcoming appearance on the show, by the way. This playing is like Timmy T. my favorite top five ever. That's sad. <laughs> I have to say that I love this song. I really do. I Remember that time we almost... Single. Me too. No way. Yeah. We're going to do each other's hair later. Clearly. <laughs> uh, maybe that time maybe, we almost... bedazzle something. We almost got Timmy T on the show at one point, and then we decided he was a giant douche. Yes, because we looked at his MySpace page or something. And he was and he was like, it was him now. Everybody looks like that on their MySpace page. But it was like Timmy T circa was... 2008, and he was still like striking a pose like he was all hard. Oh. You know, it was bad. It was really Did he go through a gangster period like MC Hammer did? He did go through a gangster to period. To check the fools who misunderstood. Yes. Yeah. There's a rap version of One More Try. <laughs> New Beats say, by Dr. Dre. We were um, we were going to do this whole week of an, initial guests, like Stevie B, Timmy T, Heavy D, Chunky A. It was going to be like one. We had five of them set aside. We were going to do one every, and then, But then, like everything else, we got off the air, and we went out to lunch, and then we forgot all about it. And it just like <laughs> fell out of our heads. I have lots of great ideas during the show that I never remember again. Are we going to ask Rodney King to count these down by himself again? No. I'm unclear about how that interview with Rodney King is going to go tomorrow, oh, it's by the way. Go poorly. I have, it's going to be hilarious. I, I don't really know. Uh, I'll try to come up with something. I'm not really sure what I'm going to ask for that guy. I feel like I'm always in here a day too early. Last week, this week. Oh, what was last week? Oh, you missed Tommy Wiseau. Oh, oh, uh, but I spent the rest of the week focusing on my 20s. So, whatever that meant. It is not the three, it is the two. It's the wrong question. Tomorrow, uh, Rodney King will guest on the show, so we are counting on the top five songs from the day of his assault by the Los Angeles Police Department. That sounds more and more trite every time I say it. Uh, March Do you think 3rd. he celebrates the anniversary? I think he stays inside the house and locks the you doors. Ask him like what a, he a yearly thing like the Rose Parade, Pasadena. I, <laughs> it's a giant, like a giant Rodney King float going down the street. Why hasn't he been Rose Parade Grand Marshal? Ask him that. Did you see this last text message? That's a good question. Is this song still playing? 
Yes, it is. <laughs> we need to go. <laughs> this is, uh, these are the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. Tim? Number two, a great segue, Mariah Carey, Someday. This is when she was still kind of cool. I guess. I, uh... Remember when she was, like, new and she fresh? Was, now she's just old she and haggard. As, well, she's a little more beefy now. Yeah, she's, she's beefy, beefy and gross. It's more of Mariah to love. You know, every now and then when I go through my CD collection, I wonder, why was I listening to Poison and all of those bands back then? This is why. <laughs> well, it's all relative. I was working at, uh... I was working at a CHR station, at the Top 40 station, basically. I was a... He's dancing. Wow, you're doing the chair dance over I there, am. Ryan White. Well, it's people, a tall chair. Is this, what you, <laughs> is this what you did to get your uh, to get the music editor gig at the Oregonian? You uh, you demonstrated your ability to, to, to bust mad moves to Mariah Carey? Oh, yeah, a couple of spins. Fell backwards. Popped right back up. <laughs> I uh, I was a Top 40 DJ uh, when this song... In fact, at, at this... In March of 1991, I was a Top 40 jock. And so I had to play all of these songs. And I, th- I, I even when this song came out, it just sounded again like the Celine Dion thing, where it just it seemed so uh, it seemed so terribly bland to me. I cannot tell one Mariah Carey song from another, and I mean, as a guy who lived through that period, I still can't. This list just isn't complete without London Beat. London Beat was London another Beat. one we were going to do. Yeah, I've been thinking about. All right. Counting down the top five I songs. Just did that, by the way. Let's forget I did that. These are the top five songs from March 3rd, 1991. Tim Riley? Number one, Whitney Houston, I'm Your Baby Tonight. Oh, man, did you see that thing of Whitney Houston trying to perform, trying to sing uh, in New York yesterday? No. no. I think it was at, it, was it in Central Park. She was yes. on Good Morning America, and then she, it was like her big comeback that they're doing right now. Like, you know, she's got that album coming out, and Clive Davis has been pushing the fact that she's she's on the comeback trail. She went to sing at uh, at Central Park. And I think she probably refused to lip sync because, you know, she's Whitney and all. And, I mean, her voice was just trash. I mean, it was, like, husky and just bad and ragged. And then she blamed the fact that she couldn't sing um, on the fact that she'd been on the Oprah show and had spent a long time talking. And that, therefore, she wasn't able to sing. And they were interviewing these poor saps in the audience who'd flown from, like, New Zealand to see her perform. And she did two songs, both of them bad. Uh, it was just, it was be- it was awesome. It was the best thing I've ever seen. It was a great example as to why things shouldn't be oversold. Because that was being pushed online as the most unforgettable moment you'll ever see on television. Whitney yeah. Houston's oh, no. return. And yeah. it turned out to be rather unforgettable, actually. We've seen better things in the Kink Lounge. Yeah. And... Excellent. Ryan White from the Oregonian, what is uh, coming up on that fine newspaper? Oh, we've got a Sunday piece on the Beatles. We've got uh, the Fall Arts Guide in A&E on Friday, and also a little bit on Marilyn Manson, who's coming on Monday to the Roseland. Awesome. Read him in print in the Oregonian, online at OregonLive.com. Music editor, Ryan White. Straight ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk, and we'll find out how Greg Nibbler's uh, commercial shoot uh, went yesterday in the fine city of Portland. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Oh, by the way, this just in. Mad Men has been renewed for a fourth season by AMC. 1960s drama for 16 Emmys. Received an early pickup yesterday as a show of support from the networks at AMC president and general manager Charlie Collier. So we're excited to let the audience know the captivating world of Sterling Cooper will be back. I was just looking at the scans of John Hamm from this week's Rolling Stone. Yeah. Or this month's. He's a pretty man. Yes, he is. Yes, He's no Chris Isaac, but still. Is. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. 
In the News with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center in downtown Portland, 809. Highs today will be in the upper 70s. Another piece of breaking news. It looks like Katie Couric will no longer be the only lady anchor person. ABC's World News Tonight anchor Charles Gibson is retiring, and he will be replaced by... Diane Sawyer. Really? Yeah. It's like they just have the same five people they keep hiring for all of those jobs over and over again. And I've never watched any of those newscasts in many, many years. Boy, Katie Couric. Uh, has the word anchor ever been more appropriate? I can say that now. Yes, you can. <laughs> well, not officially. <laughs> you're, you're... You know it's true. I mean, I'm not saying anything that people don't know to be the case. I mean, I'm just, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily seem like she has been the ratings bonanza that they have hoped for. Well, that's why ABC is hiring this older woman, Diane Sawyer, who's 63. Still hot, though. She has a crow's feet problem. She needs a little Botox, but they'll fix her up. Well, I, got, I, I think she's hot, and you immediately have to weigh in and crush. You have to crush her in front of me, Tim. Why are you so full of hate and disparagement? Because that's my job. Excellent. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, there's an alligator on loose in Clark County. Animal officials have set up an alligator trap in an effort to catch this critter. They're hoping an assortment of chicken in Hamburg will be sufficient to tempt the toothy palate. The Oregon Zoo has new African lions. Their names are Nika and Kia. Well, they're not really from Africa. One's from Wisconsin, the other from Virginia. But they say they're African lions. They'll be part of a new exhibit called Predators of the Serengeti. Well, they're more like Predators of Wisconsin and Virginia. It's opening up on the 12th. Don't miss it. A woman on the coast kept calling 911 several times asking for a ride up to Walport. That, uh, well, they gave a Virginia nurse a ride, all right. Her last name is spelled G-N-I-R-S, nurse. A ride, all right. Straight to the Lincoln County Jail. Her bail is set at $15,000. From Texas comes word. Two sheriff's deputies spot what they believe to be the elusive, if not mythical, chupacabra. They even managed to get a photo of it running away from them, which is posted on the San Antonio uh, news site. Uh, Corporal Riddle say he was uh, training a new deputy when they saw the chupacabra running down a dirt path. It appeared to have short legs, no hair, a long coyote-like snout. You know, and these are what? These are cops? Yeah, cops. Look, I know that people sometimes uh, rail on us for what they perceive to be our bias against certain southern states, specifically Texas. You don't see guys on the NYPD posting photos of the Loch Ness Monster. Do you know what I mean? It's a... Let's just, sometimes these stereotypes have a basis in a cold, hard reality. Friends, that's just the case. Here's Tim Riley. Off to Kennewick we go. A Kennewick man, who apparently wasn't wearing pants, has been accused of harassing his neighbor's horse. Uh, The horse's owner spotted a bald man without pants chasing the horse around 3.30 in the morning. Benton County Sheriff's deputies uh, identified 26-year-old Brandon Hankel, who lives next door, as a suspect. And uh, he was jailed for an investigation of trespassing. Deputies also called to the home... Uh, near Finley. Uh, Finley. God, Thursday what a evening, hole. The owner saw the same bald man uh, scaring a horse enough to break through an electric barbed wire fence. He was wearing a black T-shirt and blue shorts at the time. So Kennewick is, is a, Kennewick, of course, is my hometown. And Finley is sort of on the outskirts. Finley is a Finley is a less interesting uh, sort of offshoot of Kennewick, which is sort of like having a cold sore on a tumor. It's just, uh, you know, it's just sort of this, uh, it's an adjunct to it that is actually, it's even more sparsely populated. But the people who are there are deeply, deeply stupid. By the way, it has been clarified here that the nuclear power plant we were talking about before is actually the one in Hanford. The Columbia Generating Station is the nuclear plant in, yes, my hometown, on the Hanford Reservation. It is uh, one of the uh, nuclear generators that was never finished. And it is, uh, here's a, a fun fact for you. 
Uh, I'm not just full of C&C Music Factory trivia. Do you know the name of the organization that ran all of the nuclear power plants at, the, at Hanford? I don't. It is the Washington Public Power Supply System. Why do you care about that? Because the acronym is, in fact, WHOOPS. <laughs> so, there you go. Here's Tim Riley. A main man caught peering at a girl from inside an outhouse toilet four years ago. Uh, 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 has done it again. This time caught in a pit toilet in the White Mountain National Forest of New Hampshire. Come on. 49-year-old Gary J. Moody confessed to his uh, repeating his previous act on Memorial Day. This one, a nine-year-old boy saw him climb out of the toilet ah! at the Hastings what? campground. Then he just walked away nonchalantly. How broken are you that you want to watch somebody pee? From the inside that is the toilet. So... This is so wrong. No, no, no. Look, Chuck Berry likes to watch people pee. This guy was hiding in a toilet. Yes. And not like in a toilet. I, it doesn't say... You, do you mean he was hiding in the toilet like he made a false wall and was standing, or he was behind a towel on the rack? No, no, he was, he was inside in the, the toilet. toilet. How does he get in the toilet? I don't it's understand. It's some silly fetish. I don't. Well, well I mean, you have to you those, raise the seat and hop in. Yeah, those must be openable because, like, yeah. in a honey bucket or something, they got to clean that. They got to dump it out somehow. Oh, okay. So he was in the the gathering area. He was in the tank, the receptacle of the outhouse. That is the worst thing I have ever heard. I mean, you're sitting down and, you, you know, you see two eyeballs between your legs. What are you going to do? I suppose that depends, Tim. Straight ahead. Orders from Tim Riley. Greg Nibbler will join us as well. Speaking of toilets, by the way, we'll uh, have a bit of a discussion of uh, uh, the homeless toilet. Greg apparently has used one of those power, uh, those automatic toilets in Seattle, and I got a picture of the one downtown. Details on the way. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. Greetings, Optimus Prime. I am Mega Chest. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. So Tony Romo's already dating who? Do we know? Yeah, uh, Chase Crawford's hot little sister, Candace Crawford. Good for you, Tony Romo. Well, <laughs> oh, just, Jennifer, or Jessica Simpson's not going to be happy. Uh, she seems like a lot of work. She, she seems does. like she a seems handful. Way too high maintenance. Yeah, I mean that's and and I don't mean to be some some other pig guy going. Well, she she you know she's fat because I you know, I don't think I never bought into the thing of Jessica Simpson being fat. But I will say this. If you're, it seems like a burden. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it, it, and you got to be a lot hotter than Jessica Simpson if you're really going to be a pain in the ass. I mean, that's you know, and but especially for that guy who can clearly uh, you know date anybody he wants. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like if Jessica Simpson is just dating some some schlub from Gresham, then that guy probably ought to get a second job and do whatever he has to do to keep her happy. Because you know the average guy is probably not going to do a lot, you know, a lot better than that just for whatever you know. But that, but he, Tony Romo, clearly does not need to be tolerating. You know, like crap from Jessica Simpson because mm-hmm. he can date, you know, whoever. So Chase Crawford's younger sister? Younger sister, yeah, his younger yeah. sister, Candace. So there and you the, go. that whole, like, the whole Crawford family is just gorgeous. Well, and, and the whole Simpson family is clearly nuts. Oh, That's the yeah. other thing. It's not just her. That's a family affair going oh, on there, yeah. so to speak. All right. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following headlines on this uh, Wednesday morning. Sarah Palin will not attend the Republican Women's Convention. Jerry Springer will host America's Got Talent. Ted Kennedy wrote to the Pope before his death, outlining all the positive things he did in his lifetime, hoping it would be repeated to a higher power. And 
The president appears to be abandoning hope for bipartisan health care and will begin twisting Democratic arms instead, which he should have done a long time ago. Seriously. Blow a little smoke in somebody's face in the back room tell this is the way it's going to be. It's time to break some knees. Yes. That's really the only way you get anything done. The old done. Lear Daily way that they used to do in Chicago. You should have learned some lessons from that. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. Crack a few heads. Well, I mean, because the only way anything ever gets done is just to tell people, like, look, this is how it is, friends. That's the way the Republicans do it. Either on the train or you're on the enemies list for life. Choose now. Hello, Greg Nibbler. How are you? I am doing well. All right. So you uh, were going to be filming, like, about a month and a half ago, you were supposed to shoot an episode of Leverage, and then I... Uh, and he's going to have a big part where your finger was broken. Thanks. Yes. And I... Uh, National I, television. I blocked you. I uh, inadvertently shafted you out of the role. So you got called last week, and they said, well, we'd like to have you back to film another episode of Leverage. And I was thinking, oh, that'd be great. That would assuage all of my Catholic guilt. That didn't really happen either. So on Friday, the last thing people heard was that you were going to be filming Leverage. What What is the deal? Why did, why did that not happen? Okay, yeah. So I was going to shoot a two-day, uh, do a two-day shoot on Leverage, Sunday and Monday. Well, Friday, right after the show, I got a call from my agent and this uh, commercial that I auditioned for a while ago. I didn't think I was going to get. I got it. And... Here's the thing. The it's like a national commercial. Right? Yeah, it's a national. It's going to be a national cable commercial. Uh, so it's a big deal and uh, and significantly higher uh, financial compensation for this kind of thing. So that was going to shoot on Tuesday. So in theory, everything was laying out perfect. I could do both shoots. Awesome. It works out great. But no, unfortunately, they uh, I had to have a pre-shoot meeting on Monday for sizing and all this kind of stuff. And it conflicted with the leverage shoot, which I had already committed to. And so I had to go with the commercial, which meant I had to cancel on leverage because I canceled so late. I had to pay them. A uh, compensation so the leverage, for backing out. So, the, so you the, had to pay to not be able to be on leverage. I so had to pay. To they not fine be. you. Is this like when you cancel yes. your shrink appointment within 24 hours and then they, they we're going to bill you anyway? Essentially, yeah. Which I mean, that, that's that a, in the contract. They, they there should be labor laws against it, but they're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's I, whatever it is. That's the rules, and I knew the rules. Well, I was, but and I don't wish to. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, blow up anybody's spot, as they say. So I'm simply asking, because I don't know, mm-hmm. is that standard practice in the casting world that if they book you on a show and you can't make it, they fine you? No, only here. Yeah, I was going to say, I've, I've never really experienced that. but uh, they, they can't do it to a union member, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, that's, that, yeah, I, I don't want to say too much, but uh, no, not that's not standard We've practice. Caused enough problems. <laughs> yes, I, we're just stirring up the pot a little bit more. A, it's a sure small never, town. Never works again. <laughs> I'm just I don't want to blackmail my, blacklist myself from everybody. but uh, Well, we're the ones that are saying it, and I can say it because I'm a union member. There you go. Tim Riley, can, on me. Tim Riley can speak for me. Uh, he can be your mouthpiece. Uh, so, uh, now well, when you I do this commercial is on more than freecreditreport.com because I'm tired of that. When you do a <laughs> uh, when you do a national commercial now, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 you have to tell us how much or anything, but you get like 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 residuals or royalties or whatever. I mean, how do they typically do that? Uh, I think it depends on what it is. This was a flat rate with the option that they can uh, up. Up the ante if they want to, and is that a case by case basis? How that stuff? I have no. The yeah, world they, they, of they acting is a, a mystery. They to can me. do the national buyout. They, they can do a lump sum buyout. Usually, it runs. Typically, it runs the way radio spots run thirteen weeks and then mm-hmm. they renew. But they can do it that way, or they can give you a main buyout that lasts for a year. And is that mm-hmm. is that all just about uh, like your agent and and what they can negotiate, or is it the uh, I just uh, partly it's also partly what they're offering. You know, I mean, it, it's a it's a buyer's market. 
So can so, you? Uh, well, I suppose that's true because there's always more actors than there are roles. Yeah. Uh, you know, just like in any any and you know, just like in radio, like any mm-hmm. entertainment based industry. So um, can you can you tell us uh, what who it is or what kind of what kind of company it is? Um, I can't say a whole lot about it. I will say that it is a, a, a technol in the technology industry, mm-hmm. and um, I am prominently featured in this. All right. So, uh, but oh, when cool. it's going to air, I don't know. He's the new Mac guy. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite that big. So uh, when you're prominently featured, is it a speaking role? Uh, yes, although I didn't have it was it was weird. I didn't have a whole lot of lines in this. I would say my acting ability was not tested very much. Do you in this, shake your uh, head and smile? I do a lot of that. I am the representative of the company in the advertisement. Maybe I'm the sole representative. They used him, like a lot for his look. Yes, it was it was weird. I was more like a uh, a acting model. You're, you're, than, you're talking was, prop. Yeah, I, pretty much. I was a talking prop. Yeah. I, I was the pretty face. That's uh, I forget. You're so pretty. I forget who says. I think Joni used to call me that. I think that's what she. You're just a talking prop. Be quiet. <laughs> now, it, now you. Uh, how do I put this? It's not that you're not a good-looking man, Greg Nibbler, but you're not like a. You are not clean-cut in the traditional white-collar sense, which is exactly what they wanted. So it's like you're the yep. you're the young you're like sort a of disheveled. Like, I'm the young young hip guy. He's the uh, he's an hip? urban hipster. Yes. <laughs> I'm I am hip. A slacker with money. I am quite I'm quite hip, cool. hip, sir Dylan. Get us one of those slacking ex guys. Yes. Uh, here. I'm yeah. I'm the Gen X dude. When would this be a commercial be airing? That I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I imagine it'll be a while. They've got a lot more shooting to do, so production's going to be going on for a while, and I don't know when or where it's going to air. And so has Leverage, are they done filming here? They've wrapped this season? We still don't know. I, I believe, yeah. I actually knew from someone that they were shooting at least through this last week. Okay. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's about done here. When will we know if they're coming back here to, to do the third they season? They did not give a, a time element to, the, to that. Now, so. is that also a, a buyer's market in the sense that is it... Um, Basically, do, do cities have to bid for shows like that to come here? Well, usually they get tax breaks from the state. There's, every state has a film board. Right. And we have one here. They have one in Washington. But do we state. make a certain offer and then, like, South Carolina makes a certain offer and then, like, Alaska makes an offer and, and the show looks and they figure out, you know, whatever bid is the best or whatever tax breaks or, you know, wherever I the money's the best? So. Yeah, that's part of it. And then whatever industry is already here. You know, Portland does have a somewhat established industry to, to work around with that production-wise. I think we should do like a, uh, we should do like a Tim Riley, Greg Nibbler film festival. Uh, I think it's a great Like idea. a whole reel of your commercials and, uh, you know, your roles <laughs> in television shows and movies. Oh, I mean, boy. mine go by so quickly. <laughs> there would be over like 20 it's seconds. It's a subliminal film festival. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then we can, uh, you know, and then uh, Sarah, we can show Sarah doing the weather. and uh, Traffic. Me. I'm sorry. Traffic. And then me looking uh, pasty and trying to act like I know what I'm talking about uh, oh, God, in terms of poker. About the poker show. Yeah. I mean, oh, I want to hear about that one. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah, it's uh, the worst thing ever. All right. Straight ahead, Tim Riley uh, has your news, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we will be giving away a copy sometime before 9 a.m. Of Rescue Me, Season 5, Volume 1 on DVD. So be listening for that. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We continue next live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. By the way, and you just and that that sentence exploded out of you just now during I, the it's break. It's true. Oh, it's, that's an Anderson Cooper like pose. Sarah was on the uh, the Facebook, it is. and she just out of nowhere you just like erupted this this uh, sentence where you went. That is a hot picture of Peter Carlin. It is a hot picture of Peter Carlin. Uh, Peter Carlin, our good friend, uh, features writer at the Oregonian. Plus, when it was smaller and there's like the date because it says like 0808, uh, 2009. Right. It kind of looks like he has a tattoo. 
Well, because it's right over his It's arm. like he's floating in the ocean or something and somewhere. And he looks like he's kind of angry, but like struggling, like he's in a challenge for Survivor. It does. It kind of looks like, uh, or he's in that movie Open Water. You can't say that that isn't a good... He's a good looking man. I. Uh, that's a great picture. That's a great picture, I suppose. Um... I will say this actually that Peter was on um, uh, on Outlook Portland, which is this uh, this show I do on uh, Northwest Thirty Two TV, home of Sundays Gossip at six thirty. Sunday mornings at six thirty. Uh, is it now in HD? Uh, it will be HD in like six weeks. Thanks Sunday. for uh, filling I have me with to wear more makeup. Thanks for making me nervous again. Uh, you know they can pick up everything, right? Every little hair out of place. And, and you know the thing is, pore. I've noticed that my electric razor does a great job, except for right here, like on my neck, like right, like where you're, like the Adam's apple area. There's actually a couple of hairs that it always misses, and oh, so now oh. I'm gonna have to like pluck those out or something with yeah. tweezers. Well, because they do, because like they told me they're like, don't uh, you have people who can do that? They, uh, I don't want anybody pluck else plucking hairs? my hair with Ew. tweezers. Thank you, no. Oh, God. That's the thing you don't, don't like want people doing. But they told me they're like, you know, uh, look, and if you ever have a bad day, you're going to have to really cover everything up. You know, so like, but well, um, they give you that pumpkin-like complexion. Totally, it's, well, I'm going to be all orangey and you know and spackled. But uh, but Peter Carlin was actually on the show a while back and uh, on Outlook Portland, and he will they be just a, look flawless. And he will be again talking about that McCartney book. But he had. I think because he'd been traveling so much, he hadn't had a haircut in a while. So he had this, his hair was kind of doing this shag sort of a thing. That's what's happening here. That's around the same era. He kind of looked like the hipster's hair a little bit, except more and more, uh, not feathered, but you know what I mean. It was like the kind of 70s shag haircut. And then he had, somebody clearly had been dressing him a little bit because he had white button-up shirt, but sort of like a casual kind, and then like a black jacket over it. And I would say he looked very good. He was uh, he he did have a certain something, a certain uh, elan. We've been sitting here talking about how good looking Peter Carlin is now for three minutes. <laughs> we all want to make out with Peter Carlin. We're just going to put that out there right now. All right, at the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. <laughs> In the news with Tim Riley. Good morning from the KUFO News Center downtown Portland, eight forty-eight. It's going to be close to eighty degrees today. Well, Mayor Adams has to decide what he's going to do about all these people hanging around the sidewalks. Some liberal judge allowed them to pester passerby, and there's not much we can do about it. So uh, he's asking all the people relating to city government to come up with a plan. What to do with the homeless? Where should we put them? Why don't they uh, take another lane on Broadway that's being used for motor vehicles now and give that to them? Let's take a they useless... right in the middle of it. Take a street that cars can't use anyway mm-hmm. and stick them there. Well, didn't New York just buy them one-way tickets and send them somewhere? Probably to here. We should totally... <laughs> We should do that. The tarmac just the tarmac just stinks of banana peels in the sterno. Yeah. A man without arms is not allowed to cash a check at Bank of America because he can't show his fingerprints. That's correct. Yes, this Florida man is thinking of suing the Bank of America. You see, he was born without arms. Where was he born, Tim? In Florida. Florida. Wow, that, that was, was like the jungle mix. <laughs> so um, the manager was called when he could not provide a fingerprint. And he's. they told him that they'd be able to cash his check only if his wife came with him well, or how if is, he opened an account. Didn't we establish... You know, life is rough enough if you're born without arms. Like, give the man a break. Cut a, cut a brother some mm-hmm. slack. Well, didn't we establish last week that your your toe prints are unique? Yeah. So, I mean, so they should uh, they should just get over it. I mean, as Sarah pointed out, you got your life is a big slice of hard cheese anyway if you don't have any hands or arms. Seems like the least they could do is maybe let you have your $20 so you could I mean, how do I'm trying to picture that guy using a vending machine. I mean, if you, you had toes. If, but I mean, if you had uh no arms and I gave you a dollar and I told you to go to the vending machine and get me, uh, you know, uh, get me a Viso, how would you do that? I put a pen in my mouth like that and stab the numbers. No, 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 but how do you put the dollar in? 
Oh, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. You can only do it like if you if you have a dollar, your mouth? you're putting it in one oh. handed. No, I wouldn't put a dollar. Yeah, you, that's true. You, well, you don't want to put it in your mouth. Only if it was a fresh bill. If I went to a bank, got some. Well, because there has to be something. And I don't think it would work with Could your you mouth like, anyway. There. Well, but if I gave in your armpit. Yeah. Well, but see, I don't. I don't think so. And here's why: because if you're putting a dollar in, in the vending machine, you put a dollar in the machine with your armpit. No, no, no. But here's the thing: if you're putting it in one handed, if I told you. It might pull the hair inside. I'm telling you, here's why that won't work, though. If I gave you a dollar and I said one-handed, you have to go put this in the machine. You can only use one hand. You do that thing because otherwise it's like shooting pool with a rope or it just collapses. You do that thing of crimping it so it's, you know, so it's so it's um, firm. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit stiffened mm-hmm. so you can put in a thing. You can't do that with, like, your arm. I think after though. the show we should experiment. I think we should tie your arms behind your back and... Try you don't think we should. You don't think we should do it t- tomorrow during the show. I think we should do it tomorrow during the show. Awesome. We'll uh, film that for everybody. All right. Uh, by the way, I uh, do want to note right now uh, that uh, we are going to be giving away a copy of Rescue Me Season Five, Volume One, on DVD. If you were caller ten right now, five zero three. Two two eight four one zero one. You're going to win a copy of Rescue Me Season Five, Volume One, on DVD, starring Dennis Leary, Michael J. Fox, and Gina Gershon, who is scorchingly hot from Sony Pictures Television, 4FX, and available as of uh, September 1st. That's actually uh, this week, so it is right now available in stores wherever fine DVDs are sold. And Greg and I were just talking about this during the break. We were talking about FX. They're really on a roll, man. They started with, um, I mean, they have Nip Tuck, but they started with that show Lucky, which unfortunately was canceled too early. I mean, that was John Corbett and really a fine performance. Um, and then they had The Shield. They got Sons of Anarchy, which is coming back. Um, and then they have Rescue Me, which is, uh, which is a great show. And I watched, uh, I mean, the first couple seasons, and I got to catch up on the rest of it now, but you can do that easily on DVD. So it is in stores right now uh, from Sony Pictures Television for FX. It stars Dennis Leary, Michael J. Fox, Gina Gershon. It is Rescue Me Season 5, Volume 1 on DVD. And if you're caller 10, get a copy of that right now. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Michelle Duggar announces she's pregnant with her 19th child. So apparently she has 18 others and she's on some reality program that I never Ew. watched before. Ooh. But we this isn't. We are thrilled to announce that we found out that we're expecting our 19th child. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Who would have thunk it, Michelle? Congratulations. Is that a horn or a baby? Thank baby. you. Thank horn. you. We are almost three months along. She doesn't work upstairs we, by chance, does she? We, and you can tell that she's rubbing herself. Yeah, totally. Where? Did they do the thing of, uh, can I feel your stomach? Uh, just putting the, uh, oh God, how creepy was that a madman, by the way, when that stranger was feeling Betty's stomach? That was weird. Jesus. What an off. Did you watch that episode yet? Uh, I'm halfway through. I was having some computer problems. So creepy. So unbelievably creepy. Here's Tim Riley. Pearl Jam will release their new Backspacer album September 20th at Target. They say that's the best place to uh, release albums at this point. Well, we'll find out. Uh, Oh, the internet is 40 years old today. Can you imagine that? This happened uh, when information for the U.S. Department of Defense at the University of California was exchanged with somebody else, and it crashed when they typed in the word log on. Really? Yes. So it's uh, 40 years old today. It was created by well, the... Uh, That's crazy because I had my first email address in 98. 98? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I thought I was, it would have been before that, I though. was behind the times. Well, and I guess, I mean, now that in I think about it... In when I went to college, that was when... It was actually created by the Department of Defense. The whole theory was that if there was a nuclear war, they wanted people to be able to communicate with each other, the government. And so it was actually called the DARPA net. It was the Defense Army blah, 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 something mm-hmm. or other. Uh, and so it was created by the government. So people who... Uh, people, the government never does anything right. Government created the internet. So you got to give them that. Then it became the World Wide Web, which was more of a multimedia platform. Do you remember the first web page you ever, uh, you know, the first thing you ever looked up or went to on the Internet? Because I do, absolutely. Tim? I don't remember. 
Greg, remember the first thing you looked up online, the first webpage you ever went to? No idea. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't See, remember and that's the all. weirdest thing. So I was at the, we were working at a uh, I was working at a radio station in Utah, and there was a country station down the hall. And there was a guy who had a computer in the hallway, and he had this weird screen. It was like had a, you know, it was a picture or something or other. And I said, what is that? And he goes, it's the World Wide Web. It's, it's, a, it's a vast interconnected library of sounds and images that you can access from any computer with a telephone connection. And I said, what do you mean? And what kind of things can you see? Is that like, is that like a computer bulletin board? And he said, except it's multimedia. So there's all kinds of depictions of things uh, covering a vast array of topics. And I said, I was really into the show Duckman at the time. And I said, so it was like, is there a page for the TV show Duckman? And he said, let me search for that right now. And he went and he searched for Duckman. And they, the page came up that when you look, I look back now it was really crude in the sense that it was just text and a bad background. It was like the angel fire or whatever. Totally like a tripod <laughs> page. A looking American flag flapping <laughs> back and forth. Just like an animated email, like an angel fire. And it's all like bright green and black. Seriously. Flying toasters. And there yes. was, and there was like one like bad low resolution all pixely picture of Duckman that was like a JPEG or a GIF or something and it was but but and, and I think all it was was an episode guide I don't think it was anything but a list of the Duckman episodes it was no sound no nothing it just listed all of the episodes but to me it was just like wow you know what what else can you watch on this it was amazing I'd never seen anything like it so 40 years old anyway so there you go it is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program don't forget coming up Friday at 9 a.m. The half-off sale through KUFO.com continues, featuring such uh, fine businesses as Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust. This Friday at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to get yourself a $25 gift certificate to Sunnyside Automotive and Exhaust, a state-of-the-art auto repair facility with top-notch technicians geared toward the ultimate in customer service. That is this Friday at 9 a.m., but if uh, you are caller 10 right now as we close out the show, you'll get yourself one of those before you can buy it. Uh, that's this Friday, 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale. All right, we want to thank CNN Radio correspondents Amanda Moyer and Steve Kastenbaum for joining us today. Also, Ryan White, music editor for The Oregonian. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include, I swear to God, Rodney King. Yes, that Rodney King. And you're going to try and get something out of the vending machine without arms. Yes, and I will uh, try to get something out of the machine without, yeah, without using my hands, my arms. We will also be talking to Harry Shearer of The Simpsons and Spinal Tap fame. Harry Shearer live tomorrow, as well as Rodney King. So uh, Plus Kelly Clark from the Willamette with Food Porn and Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. So busy show. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for Rock 101, KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler. Uh, the web, uh, the uh, webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. <laughs> Broadcasting marketing guru Susan Don't have with me Reynolds the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn the executive producer one Christopher J Paddock now you're just playing those windows since to screw with me you bastard you know everything works so well up until that point today uh, my name is Rick Emerson it is Wednesday September second two thousand nine and that is the frequency Kenneth see you all tomorrow watch out for snakes bye now. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area your daily show prep is now concluded thank you for listening. <laughs>